BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. guys how are you jason hey man how's it going hey, good jason talking metal hey Mark. yeah welcome to uh another edition of talking metal we are streaming live here on facebook we have some great guests tonight we have rob dukes the vocalist of generation kill and former vocalist of exodus and right now we are live with drummer extraordinaire Jason Heartless. How are you, Jason? I'm doing fantastic. Cool. Now, how do you guys know each other? John, how do you and Jason know each other? So I know Jason through Jason's dad, Jason Sr., and through the whole Ace Freely crew and camp. And okay. my first recollection of ever knowing of Jason was that Richie Scarlett said that he jammed with this amazing young drummer. and. And it was Jason. And Jason, you've been drumming, I think, as long as you can remember. You started when you were five. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I started playing my first gigs when I was five. Um, you know, my, my dad was a drummer, and that's how, you know, the whole Ace Fraley connection got, you know, kind of into my life is because my dad, the band he was touring with, used to do tons of shows with Ace back in the early 90s. And, um, you know, my dad and Ace and Richie became, you know, like brothers. And so, you know, my whole life I've been involved in this Ace Fraley, you know, kiss camp. So, uh, <laughs> you know, by the time I was uh, you know, six months old, I would, you know, kind of sit on his lap and, you know, um, bang away on the drums. And then by the time I could walk on my own, I'd be sitting, you know, playing the kit. And, you know, uh, sooner or later, I started playing with some of my dad's friends. And then we started doing uh, like cover gigs around Detroit where I'm uh, born and raised. And um, about the time I was five. That's awesome. Now, Jason, I wanted to uh, congratulate you because you just graduated from Berklee College of Music, where wow. I met Mark, and yeah. uh, I graduated back in, I don't know, 1991 uh, with a degree in what was called professional music. 
Which and means... I never graduated, but maybe one day I'll get back there. <laughs> but, but you went to a bunch of schools, Mark, so you right. got a lot of education. But So, Jason, uh, tell us about your degree, and, and did you physically go there? How did you do it? Well, you know, um, I started my degree back early 2016, and, you know, I kind of was at a, at a crossroads of, you know, do I move to Boston for four years and do my degree or take the online uh, approach. Now, my degree is music business, so it's all book work, you know, pretty much anyways. Um, luckily, I chose the online route, you know, and the main reason was is so that I can continue, you know, working my career and, you know, tour with any potential. But literally about a month, month and a half after I started my degree, I got the call for the Ted Nugent gig. Wow. Now, Jason, let me, let me- So you've been, tell you've been playing ahead, with Ted while you're doing your education? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, we're in weird times now where people aren't uh, physically at school. But were you physically in Boston, or were you doing more online stuff with Berkeley? One hundred percent online. However, I have studied on campus, you know, for various things over the years. But uh, my degree is was was online one hundred percent. Now, Jason, I want to ask you um, uh, about some of the Berkeley stuff, but. I just want to first let all of the viewers and what will later be listeners on the podcast version of this know that you are, and I'm not just trying to butter you up here, <laughs> you are a drummer on the scale of, of like what I would say an Anton Fig, which is to me the, the top of the line. You, you can play rock, you can play jazz, you can play fusion, you can play anything and you can sound authentic playing all that different stuff. And you had different teachers uh, through the years. One of them, Tommy Clefettos from Black Sabbath. You had a, a really cool teacher that um, was on your congratulatory video uh, that was cool. Tell us about all of that and, and how did you become not just another rock drummer? Like I went to Berkeley, but I'm not your typical Berkeley musician. I'm more of a straight ahead rock guy. But you, uh, to me, can play everything and can play everything right. You sound good at playing everything. Some like, like some jazz dudes can't play rock. Some rock dudes can't play jazz. You can play it all. Now, tell me about that. Why well, I, I appreciate you know those kind words. And you know the thing is, is I, I've always had this mentality and outlook of, of you know being a studio musician. You know, I've never ever had this aspiration or desire to be a quote unquote rock star. You know, um, yeah, I listen to rock music, but you know, I'm, I listen to everything. You know, and in order to be successful, especially in, in this day and age in this industry, you've got to be the guy that can just play everything, you know, and plus it, it makes my job as a studio player and as a touring musician so much funner because, you know, I never know what style of music I'm playing. I'm always, you know, changing, you know, one day I can, it's actually pretty funny. I've told the story many times on various things, but I was on tour with Joe Lynn Turner doing just a weekend, uh, like, um, uh, a, Great Lakes region kind of tour, Chicago, Detroit, all that stuff. And uh, I, the last gig was in St. Louis. And I literally flew home directly from the airport and went straight into the studio to do a big band Christmas album. Well, you know, amazing. so you go, you go from playing these Rainbow and Deep Purple songs, Cozy Powell, Bobby uh, Rodinelli and all this stuff into big band Christmas album, you know, so it's, it's that to me is, is what makes it, you know, such a challenge and such a fun thing to do. But, you know, my whole life, I was, I grew up in a, in a household of, of, you know, various music styles and listening. So I was always exposed to that stuff. And as I, as I grew up, 
you know, I started working with various, you know, drummers and, you know, things like that. And it just was something that I knew that I needed to, to do in order to be successful in the thing, you know, in this industry and being a one trick pony is really useless in my opinion when it comes to being a studio musician. Now, now Jason, you mentioned your dad earlier and he was a professional musician too. Yeah. He was a, a professional drummer in Detroit and, you know, played with various, uh, various acts. Okay. So was he more rock or jazz or like you really kind of well-rounded? He was, he was, he was a straight ahead metal guy. You know, he was, uh, and he always, he always says he's a, he's an eighties rock drummer, you know, cause that's right. what times were. And that's what, you know, he, he loved to do, you know, but you know, and the thing I will say about my father, he never once ever told me how to play drums, which is, you know, honestly, a rare occurrence when it comes to young inspiring musicians, you know, usually they have the stage mom or stage dad that are, you know, telling them everything to do. And, you know, I was allowed to find my own sound and find, you know, uh, uh, you know, what to do. And, and, and when it came to my plan, and that was absolutely. Yeah. Jason, uh, we, we could have your dad on here for another podcast and talk about the times where Ace and Richie, I think would, stay over his house uh, for days at a time and <laughs> just have a good time. So, uh, Jason, so you, you um, had mentioned uh, before that uh, you uh, were uh, taught by Tom, uh, one of your teachers was Tommy Clefettos, who now plays with Black Sabbath. And he and was Ozzie. playing with Ted Nugent um, for a time. And then how did you get the gig with Ted Nugent? Well, actually, it's, it's funny because I, I studied with Tommy probably six months to a year and when I was doing that, he was actually drumming for Ted Nugent. Which and is how long ago was this? Because I know Tommy was with with Rob Zombie, and then moved over to Ozzy and Sabbath. Uh, this, was, but, this was 2002. I want to okay. say. So right. I was I was only about seven eight years old at the time. Wow. But yeah, and he had just got the Alice Cooper gig at that point as well. So okay. Um, but it was a short, short time that I studied with Tommy. But you know, Corky Lang, drummer Mountain, was my main mentor for many years. And you know, uh, guys like Todd Sugarman from Sticks and Eric Singer from Kiss and all these guys. And Anton Fig actually taught me how to chart music. You know, wow. guys like guys like that have, have always. You know, I might not have been one on one lessons with them every week, or you know, but they've had a major mentorship influence on my career over the over the years but um you know when i was uh in 2000 i graduated high school in 2013 and at the same time i started touring with a band out of detroit called pistol day parade that um had a lot of you know regional success and um we were just dropping the album and it was you know getting rave rave reviews and then in the summer of 2014, um, our management label, you know, said, all right, well, we're going to drop our lead single off of this album. And the, the song was called Rockstar's Girlfriend, which had done extremely, extremely well in the uh, Detroit radio market. And, um, you know, the whole plan was is to coincide with the radio campaign. We're going to put you out with a, with a major artist as, you know, a opening act for the summer. So we ended up getting the opening slot for Ted Nugent for two and a half months. So that wow. was uh, that was kind of my introduction to those guys and that whole camp. Um, so Pistol they prayed. We toured with them for two and a half months. The the single was climbing extremely fast. By the end of the tour, the song was number nineteen. With um, you know our, our promoter telling telling us it's basically going to be a guaranteed number one if you go on to another tour. So we ended up booking a, a co-headlining tour with Buck Cherry at the end of fourteen, and um, 
unfortunately we got off the road with Nugent and you know, the, the uh, three of the members of the band decided that they hated touring. Oh, so, no. so that was, that was, that was literally the end of that. And it's, it's funny cause it's, it's almost identical to the, the story of that thing you do, you know, but right. um, right. Uh, it's uh, it was a great, great uh, situation for me because, you know, I, I met, you know, all the crew and, and band for Nugent and, you know, all this, uh, all the other, you know, people that were involved in the management and, you know, come late 2015, early 16, I was, you know, shopping around for some work and sent, you know, a bunch of emails out to some people in the industry. One being, um, the Nugent's manager just saying, Hey, if you need anybody, you know, or, or hear of anybody needing a drummer for tour in the summer or whatever, let me know. And I got an email back and says, well, can you play a Ted Nugent set perfectly? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I got a call. I got a call from Ted about two days later. And, um, you know, we talked for like an hour, hour and a half on the phone about, you know, Detroit music and, you know, uh, what he wants in a drummer and, 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 you know, things like that. And, you know, he's always had a thing for Detroit musicians, you know, Tommy Clefettos was from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. And, you know, he is banned from the seventies and eighties were guys from Detroit. So it's always been that, that connection of being a major factor and, you know, what he, wants because there's a certain sound that Detroit musicians have. And, you know, you go back to the Motown and, and even in the eighties and nineties, there was a very, very prominent scene here. Unfortunately, it's no longer existent, but, um, Detroit musicians have a, have a distinct sound and, you know, he was looking for that. And, uh, you know, here I am five years later where this would be my, my fifth tour with, uh, with Ted, but unfortunately due to the, uh, pandemic, it's been moved to 2021. Oh, right on. Wow. So Anthony Esposito, uh, actually watching now on Facebook Live, uh, he, he was, I don't know if this means anything to you guys, but he said, Mike the cop was telling him about you, Jason, at some point and saying that they should look into you for Red Dragon Cartel uh, with Jakey Lee's band. And of course, Esposito's played with Ace, he's played with George Lynch and Lynch Mob, quite a, a, a player in, in, the, in the field. So do, do you know Anthony? I, I think I met him uh, when he was still playing with Ace years and years ago. But you know, and who's was... Mike the cop? I don't know. I, I have no idea who that. I is. know a Jason the cop, and I was going to talk to you at the end about Jason the cop, um, who's going to send me a mask by the Kiss mask. But Anthony Esposito, hello, uh, one of my favorite bass players and favorite musicians of all time. Uh, I learned so much from Anthony uh, as a tour manager and. Uh, such a great guy, um, has a great studio. He plays uh, with Jakey e. Lee right now and Red Dragon Cartel. And uh, I first knew about Anthony, Jason, you've got to check him out, uh, since uh, he was in Lynch Mob way back when, when George Lynch first left Dokken. And uh, he's a great guy. So anyway, so if, if, you, have, if you need any more work, uh, contact uh, uh, Anthony about a Jakey e. Lee gig. <laughs> so uh, yeah, those guys are all great. Now, um, Jason, I, I want to get into some of the other stuff you're doing, but first, I just want to ask you, how is it to tour with Ted? Um, I, you know what? I should have brought out my Ted Nugent-inspired uh, glass. They're like wine goblets with like a, a leopard skin, and I guarantee he has the same exact one. So uh, my mom got these for me, not knowing that, but I, I thought they were cool because I have Sorry the same to interrupt. glasses. Uh, Anthony says Mike Supa. I don't know who that is. Oh, Mike Supa. Mike Supa, yeah. You know Mike Supa, right? Yeah, I, I just through Facebook. Oh, cool. Yeah, Mike Super. I, I never refer to Mike Super as Mike the Cop. I just always refer to him as Super. But yes, Mike Super is great, and uh, he's a musician too. Great guitar player. 
Um, but yeah, so tell us about playing on tour with Ted Nugent. And you, it's just a three piece, right? You, Ted, and one other guy wow. playing bass. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's absolutely phenomenal, you know. And honestly, I when I when when I opened for Ted on the tour, you know, going into that, I knew. I wasn't really familiar with Nugent's Nugent's playing. Obviously, I knew Strangled, Gaspers Fever, all the all the hits, but I was not, you know, super familiar with it. And you know, watching him every single night open, you know, when we were, I was opening for him, it just it, it blew my freaking mind of just how unbelievable of a player he is. And you know, I I it completely changed my mind, you know, um, outlook on on him as a musician, you know, cause everybody sees, you know, this, this larger in life character, but you know, when you really see this guy perform live, it's just like, Holy crap, this is insane. And then, um, you know, when I started playing with him, it, it went even higher, you know, his musical IQ is through the freaking moon. And, you know, as a, as a, as a drummer, you know, I'm following him where usually, obviously it's usually the other way around where everybody follows the drummer. <laughs> I'm following him. And it's, it's, it, it's taught me such a, a completely different side of playing and, you know, the stuff that he pulls out of his ass, you know, on stage and in the studio is just mind blowing, you know, and, and as a person, you know, he's one of the, the best people in the, in the world, you know, he treats my family like his family. And, you know, I, I talk to him almost every single day and, you know, he's just one of the, one of the best guys in the world. He actually took me hunting for the first time ever in my life last fall. Nice. And, uh, you know, that was quite an experience, but, you know, I, I, I couldn't ask for, for a better gig and, you know, better, um, you know, person to work for. You know, I, I, I was a, a big fan of a record, which I, I think it's overlooked and it was a little miss dangerous. It was in the probably like 85, 86 mm -hmm. and, uh, man, what a great, era of Nugent that I think a lot of times gets overlooked. Does he ever, you know, I know everyone wants to hear the big hits from the seventies and stuff, but does he, does he ever venture back into the eighties territory, uh, in the set list? Cause it's been a while since I've seen Ted live. Well, last, last year we rehearsed the song painkiller off little miss dangerous. We never, we never ended up playing it, but last year we actually pulled out a lot of deep cuts from the seventies. Like we played, um, uh, a thousand knives, uh, off cat scratch fever. And we played, um, uh, what was, uh, well, we did queen of the forest off the first record. And, um, oh, what was the, what was the other one? Oh, street rats off of, um, uh, free for our record. So, you know, we're always pulling these, these different, you know, um, kind of little deep, deep cut nuggets. Um, you know, I think I get asked the most, you know, when are we going to pull out some Amboy Duke stuff from the, you know, late sixties, early seventies. Um, we've played Journey to the Center of Mine maybe three or four times over my my course with him, but yeah, you know he, he's just had such a you know long sustained career, almost sixty years, and you know he just gets better and better and better every single time I play with him. It's it's insane. He's definitely one of those people that he uh, he gets better with age. Nice. I, I we we love Ted Nugent. Um, we've had him on the Talking Metal podcast uh, in the mid to mid to late two thousands. Uh, it was great to have him on. We talked about rock and roll. We talked about hunting in in my home state of Pennsylvania, and uh, we we just are fans. I've seen Ted. Uh, I, I think out of I mean, of course, I've seen Ace Frehley and Kiss a million times, but out of other bands, I've seen Ted Nugent and Iron Maiden more than anyone else. Wow. And uh, so I've always been a big fan. Jason, um, I want to ask you about something involving the music business. So you are part of something called the Prudential Music Group. Tell us about that. 
So, you know, when I started my degree at Berkeley, um, you know, it's, I'm the type of guy that I hate theoretical, um, you know, work, uh, assignments and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm the type of guy that I want to work on practical stuff if I am. And um, a label in, based out of Detroit that I've done a lot of work with over the years as a session musician for them, um, you know, they approached me and was like, you know, the label's kind of been defunct for, you know, a year and a half. We have, you know, Sony Orchard Distribution. Do you want to take it over and become a managing partner? And, you know, basically on the job training because you're working on your degree as well as running a company at the same time. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, at that point it was mainly a catalog label, you know, they had, they were under a different name and, um, you know, I bought out, you know, a bunch of different catalogs and, you know, turned into uh, Prudential records when I, you know, was around. And, um, you know, since then we've, you know, turned it into Prudential music group and formed, you know, Rouge records, which is a uh, vinyl reissue label. And, um, you know, we partnered with third man pressing here in Detroit, Michigan, you know, to do all of our vinyl. So keeping it, you know, local, and uh, as well as Prudential Publishing to house all of our publishing catalog. But, you know, it's, it's been mainly about, you know, trying to bring back resurgence of a lot of classic albums and classic artists, you know, that hadn't, you know, maybe been reissued by the majors or anything like that. But, you know, it's all, it's all about the product and, you know, making sure that we're putting out a product that is a collector's item you know, and I've always been a big vinyl guy even before the the boom happened. So I appreciate the sound and the quality and, you know, just what actually goes into it, you know, but, you know, having, having the opportunity to, to run a company with, you know, uh, major distribution through Sony has, has been a big, big thing for me to be able to, you know, get again on the job training while I'm, um, doing my degree. So, you know, now that I have my degree, I'm starting my master's in music business at Berkeley, uh, next month. And, you know, it's just, it, it, it just helps the, uh, the stepping stone, you know, and I don't look at it as a fallback to my career, but you know, it's, it's, I'd rather be in a position to where I'm busy doing other things when I'm not on the road or in the studio, you know, versus Jason, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, m most of, uh, at least when I was at Berkeley, we always wanted to be where you are and you're, you were there while going to Berkeley, playing with Ted Nugent, working with Prudential and uh, just working with uh, you, you got to, to just, one of the best things that happened to me at Berkeley is I got to meet other musicians and people in the industry. You are having on the job training doing that. And I want to uh, send a shout out to your drum tech, Randy Walker. It's his birthday today, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, Randy's a great guy. I remember him from, I think I met him at BB Kings when you guys played there. And uh, I worked with him in contributing to that video. One other quick thing I want to say is you're a super hockey fan. And uh, is that that's correct, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you said your dad wanted you to be a hockey player, not a drummer, right? Well, you know, I was I was born in November. So my first Christmas, I was a month old. He got me a little, little skates, little gloves. And, you know, at first was like, you know, he's going to be a hockey player, but you know, he soon learned really quick that I was gravitating towards the drums and I'm a massive hockey fan, but I've never skated in my freaking life. <laughs> now you, you're friends with some of the Red Wings guys, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, some former Red Wings and a couple current guys, you know, uh, one of my closest friends is Drew Miller, who's, uh, retired from the wings about two years ago. And like, he even, he even, you know, it mentioned possibly, you know, playing in Red Wing alumni games is like, that'd be sweet, but I can't skate because they, they have <laughs> celebrities, you know, participate and, and stuff like that right. too. But I don't I think you should, to, I don't I think you should do it for, and I'm going to tell you why, for the same reasons, uh, people are not supposed to ride motorcycles or do anything like that because you cannot accidentally get hurt on that ice and break your leg or your arm because that's your your main career as a drummer exactly that's, don't that's do a, it just go and hang out with those dudes so what, what day in uh, november are you born jason uh the fifth the fifth okay i'm nine mark when is your birthday november 19th yeah oh okay so you guys are you're close. scorpio yeah Jason, you um, you and your dad, you guys are obviously um, familiar with Slapshot and the the Chiefs. And I wanted to tell you something. Where, where that where Slapshot was uh, done, that was my hometown of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And in 1978, the team in Johnstown, which wasn't called the Chiefs, it was called the Jets. But some of those, that's where they did it. And those guys from the Jets were in the movie as the Chiefs. And, it, but in 78, they became the Johnstown Wings, which was a, like an affiliate of the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And then in 79, uh, 80 season, they were actually called the Johnstown Red Wings. So my hometown team was once part of the Red Wings. And then now they changed the name to the Chiefs just so they could be like the movie. But Right, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. And I played uh, peewee hockey like when I was like, I don't know. I don't even think I was 12. I think I was like eight or 10. And uh, so I played a couple of seasons. So guys, we are, we are claiming the fame guys. We are hanging with with Jason heartless right now, uh, a drummer, young drummer. And we have Rob Dukes coming up in just a bit. Uh, I want to ask you, Jason, what younger bands you, you know, you play with, it's no, it's, it's no secret. I mean, Ted's, like you said, he's an older guy. He gets better with age, but what younger bands have caught your your eye and ear for that matter or musicians and, I, and they can be any any style of music from jazz rock hip hop whatever what what musicians under the age of 30 have caught your eye and ear lately honestly you know we're we're in the day and age where you know music is such an accessible commodity you know i've got a three billion songs on my phone and can access any song that's ever been released on my phone. So it's such a, a hard thing to kind of sift through the masses because it's right. everything's so, you know, there's so much music being thrown at you and, you know, there's a billion and one drummers on YouTube doing covers. So, you know, there's, there's just so many great musicians out there nowadays. And, you know, unfortunately I still do see that, you know, there is a decline in, you know, the, interest in playing music but you know hopefully you know we continue to stride and obviously the you know many manufacturers are seeing that in their sales of their instruments you know that it's just it's not there anymore but you know hopefully there's going to be a there's going to be a, you know change in the industry that definitely is going to spark a new interest you know for the younger generation you know and when i'm not touring i'm you know i'm a a, a teacher at a at a music school here in detroit and you know trying to, to make sure that these, these kids are, you know, being in the right path to inspire them to, you know, be creative. Cause you know, the problem that we have nowadays is it's, there's, there's been such a loss in creativity, you know, that there's nothing original, everything, everything's been done, you know, so 
there's there's nothing new that's coming in a while that's been able to spark that interest and creativity in younger musicians. Yeah, it's a good point because, you know, I've had this conversation with people. I mean, I, I there's some great bands out there, like Dirty Honey is a great band of, of young guys that I love, but they're never going to do it like Aerosmith did it. And it's partly because Aerosmith did it first. Aerosmith, were, you know, they were one of the innovators, you know, it's the same like when you go to metal, like thrash metal, like Warbringer's a great band, but, you know, overkill and exodus and those were the guys who who did it first you know so it's 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 interesting to think about that like like is there anywhere else in the realm of rock that we can go you know with guitar driven music uh guitar drums and bass that is so yeah it's an interesting question and i i hope that some younger people can not only pick up the torch and continue what what has been going on, but maybe even expand upon it. And I think that's kind of what you were hitting hinting at, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and unfortunately, you know, uh, you know, rock is a dying genre. You know, to be totally honest, and we all know this. And you know, there aren't new rock bands that are coming out. You know, the only bands that are still out there are the classic artists. You know, seventies, eighties, and nineties. And um, you know, the the that's why for me as a studio musician, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff in Nashville because you know the country pop and and country market is is such a relevant thing to the younger generation these days. So you know, going back to the question earlier, if you know. My my outlook of being that guy that can play all these genres, especially nowadays, is so so important because you know if you're if you're only relying on one genre and only focusing on one thing, you know you're going to get lost in the rut because there's a billion other musicians that are just as good as you, worse than you, or better than you that are all pining for the same gig. So it goes way 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 deeper than just you're playing. So you got to be able to you know say yes when when someone says hey can you play a bossa nova or hey can you play a halftime shuffle perfectly you know so it's 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 just it's such a a interesting time in the industry and unfortunately the the pandemic is putting a a a dagger in in you know the touring industry as we know it for at least you know a year so you know we're definitely going to see a a different uh kind of landscape i think once we get out of this thing but you know, it's great. It's, it's something that I've thought about. It's like who survives this, you know, year break, and and when we come back, are are we going to see new seeds start to take take form? Uh, you know, it's like the asteroid wiping out the dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know, but it could be. You know, well, so, the amount of the amount of creativity that that I'm seeing on you know social media by you know people doing these quarantine videos, like I've done a you know a bunch of them oh. with various musicians and stuff, and you know things like that really really help keep music you know real music alive, not not just you know a programmed uh, you know drum loops and and sequence stuff, and which is all great you know because it's it's you know very popular, but in terms of the the craft and the art of, you know, playing music with humans right. and not, not playing to a backing track or something is still, you know, really, really like uh, next week, um, uh, on, on my social medias, I'm releasing a, a, a quarantine video that I did with a bunch of musicians. Um, yeah, a, a cover Lido shuffle by boss gags. You okay. Know, it's myself, uh, Greg Smith, who's my bass player with Nugent, who played with Alice Cooper and Rainbow. And, you know, he lives in Pennsylvania. I live in Detroit. You know, we got Lenny Castro, who's the, the, 
the most recorded percussionist from Toto, you know, playing congas and he lives in LA and we had a, a great uh, female vocalist from Texas sing on it. And, you know, it was all put together by my drum tech, Randy in Arizona. So, you know, these type of things are just absolutely phenomenal right now. And, you know, and just a crucial part of, you know, kind of accepting this change in the industry right now. Right Absolutely. On. Jason, speaking of your, your social media, um, everybody should check out uh, yours because uh, I want you to tell people how to find you. But I want to tell you that I love that E minor shuffle, that David Page from Toto track. That was pretty awesome. That's my favorite current quarantine video of all bands. So oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank now you. Tell, that, yeah, tell, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that is a great track. Now, tell everybody how to find those quarantine videos on Facebook and the best place to find you online and on social media? Well, you know, I always, I always joke because I'm the most easily found person in the world because, you know, uh, not too many people have the name Jason Heartless. I just so happened two of them live in the same house, <laughs> one being right. my father. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, Jason Heartless on all Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that crap, you can find me so easily. Great. And Jason, before we let you go, I got to tell you something that you don't even know yet that uh, it's not, not breaking. It's a joke. But um, it, it, there's so many people in your life named Jason. There's you. There's your dad. There's Jason Al, the, the, the cop. <laughs> there's Jason from Prudential. And so uh, I just found that out today. So everybody, I think, in business with you is Jason. So I told your dad that if I ever become a you know, big time TV producer. I'm going to have a show called Senior Junior and the Cop. And it's going to be you guys. You're going to be rock and roll crime fighters. And I'm going to be, this was your dad's idea, like the Charlie from Charlie's Angels. And I direct you guys to go out and do things. So it's Jace, It's called Senior Junior and the Cop. And it's going to have like a 70s vibe. That's awesome. Nice. Okay. Working on a screenplay now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I think it's going to be a hit. It's going to be a big hit. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. So, Jason, thank you so much for hanging with us. It was great to meet you. And please continue doing what you're doing. Uh, it sounds like you are not only making music, but I love the the whole stuff with the vinyl. I'm a big vinyl guy myself. And and like you said, I think it is really important when this stuff is is reissued that it is something special and some not to mention any names but some artists and bands and and labels do a better job at that than others so thank you for uh your work on that end too and uh please yeah keep us posted on everything you're up to yeah absolutely i appreciate you guys having me on thanks again jason i talk to you guys soon all right man. take care cool yeah, Jason's nice. so cool, Mark. Yeah. And, and he's so young and he's so good. I mean, when you see, I'm a drummer. I went to Berkeley. I, I, I am blown away when I watch this guy play. So yeah. Out of control. I can't believe Anthony Esposito is watching the stream, man. I love Anthony. Anthony, yeah. you got to come on. Uh, other people, live. too. Let's see uh, who we have going on here. Rick Lees. He is. Oh, talented. Rick Lees is my good friend from PA, one of my best all time friends. We saw Iron Maiden and Ace Freely together back in 88. Nice. I've nice. known Rick since uh, kindergarten, I think. We have Sh Sherry. Um, Sherry, yeah, yeah, Sherry and Michelle. Those are my good friends. They they're going to be part of our marketing team. Oh, all right, Jason Al. Yeah, Janie. that's Jason the cop. Jason. The oh, cop. that's Jason the cop. Okay, Janie. Yep. Uh, Janie Smith. Yeah, so a lot of people. Janie, that's my in. aunt. Janie. What's oh, that? Okay. Fifty-four comments already. That's crazy. Good. Bert Gabriel well, gotta, uh, wants to know where Bud Friendly is. 
Um, we got to bring him back. You know what we ought to have him bring Bert Gabriel back or Bud Friendly? Bert, both Bert Gabriel and Bud <laughs> Friendly. We got to bring him both back. Bert Gabriel, Bert Gabriel. Was, was a kid. He's probably a, a well into being a grown up now. But he was he was a, a kid who would call into our show and curse and and he called in from like. <laughs> We never knew if he was in California or Tijuana <laughs> or back and forth. Yeah. I think he was a, a crazy guy. We met up with him once. You yeah, remember I, we York, met him in New York we once for a drink? Bert Gabriel. Yeah. Bert yeah. Gabriel, his, his name on Facebook is Gabriel Ray Noriega. And you know what's really funny? He was posting some funny stuff on one of the early episodes, and it said, like, we had that. He was making, he was posting some funny stuff. And my mom thought that Bert Gabriel, or it said Gabriel. So she thought it was a girl named Gabrielle. And she was like, right. oh, who's that girl, Gabrielle? And I go, right. I think you mean Bert Gabriel. And he was just kidding about the secret relationship. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was, I mean, we've been doing this so long, John. I mean, I was thinking earlier today about like Z-Man. We had the Talking Metal forums and like Z-Man yeah, and yeah. John Ex, uh, Exciter, John Cosimano, yeah, Exciter. Remember he, yeah. he like, yeah. he like uh, came up. I think he was on the, the Fuse show, the pilot. And yeah, he came he to New York. He, he was like, he mailed me like a bottle of like Southern Comfort or something. I can't even remember. Jim Beam, maybe it was. flying to, to hang with us. To... I haven't heard from Exciter, John Casimano uh, in we gotta figure 10 out years. How but it's we nice to hear from Bert Gabriel, some of the yeah, old Yeah, I love Bert Gabriel. And what I said to you earlier today in a text is, is absolutely uh, true. Maybe it was yesterday. That um, I, I feel like, you know, it's no secret that the podcast, you haven't been quite as involved with it as you used to. And Correct, this yeah. Friday night thing, if anything good has come out of this quarantine, and I'm not like one of these guys who's like, you know, thinking it's all it's all great uh and i'll, I'll get into that but uh, if anything good has come out it's been this this thing because we Absolutely. really we're yeah, having you back good. in the fold having a drink here it's yeah, really talking the, flavor like of ace. the original talking metal back and i'm gonna crack open this uh yeah right now i gotta show everybody i am drinking a vodka tonic uh, and of course, I'm drinking Dash Vodka, my Dash favorite vodka. brand of vodka from Texas. Ask for this wherever you can find vodka because it's great. Dash this is uh, one IPA, and uh, it's uh, a, a lighter IPA. Um, nice. It yeah, because like as much as I love IPAs, I can only drink them for about two hours, and then I just want to go to sleep. Or I yeah. get real cranky and start yelling at dead people. So, <laughs> which has, beer, is, 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 is only three people because I'm in. We're in the quarantine with with Emily right. uh, Harrison and Grant. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, it's like I, I was like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I got to tell vodka. you a story. I got to I got to say thanks to Hank and Rennie Reeves, my cousins, for the dash vodka. And I got to tell you, there's been a there's been a scandal. Uh oh. Full on scandal. Okay. And it's because I was trying to save one dollar. Buy this, and I'm going to give you a New Jersey COVID update. Okay, this what is, is I can't. What is that? It says it says White Star. Okay, now White Star is a bar in okay. Jersey City. Now I love is that where we Star. went right before the whole thing ex the COVID exploded? No, no, that was that was a different place. But but White Star is a great place. They've got two locations in Jersey City, and here's the the deal: it's not White Star's fault, and it's not this fake can's fault. But here's what happens. In Jersey City, you still can, of course, go into restaurants or bars. You can only go to Target, 
you can go to Home Depot and you can go to grocery stores and BJ's Wholesale Club. That's all that's open. So I keep going to all of those places. So uh, White Star, one of the locations, one's like a block away, the other one's a little further away. They, they figured out that they can serve draft beer to go in these cans. And see, they have a cap that is really hard to get off. And I just got it off. So yesterday... What do you I mean they figure it out? Like legally, they so can do legally, that? Legally, yeah. So legally... Man, what I, I would fill, kill for a draft beer right now. Yeah, legally they can fill up this can with draft beer and they got a nice selection and, and then you take it to go. So I take the can of beer with the cap on that I could just, you know, barely pull off and I put it in my bag with my computer uh, that I use to do this Talking Metal live show. And guess what happened? The beer opened up and um, uh, the computer oh, is now destroyed. Uh, and luckily, I have three other laptops and, um, and desktops. Oh. So I'm using what kind of computer. App, uh, nice MacBook, my favorite oh, new MacBook. Man. So yeah, um, it, we're going to have to get that fixed. So yeah. now what I'm going to do is I'm going to drink beer out of this beer stein that I got from oh, Mike wow. Lincoln. Now, let me tell you this. KISS fans will recognize what this is. This is a beer stein from Germany that Mike Lincoln's aunt Okay, no uh, one knows who Mike Lincoln is, though, so explain who Mike okay, Lincoln Mike is. Okay, Mike Lincoln. Mike Lincoln is the drummer of Like It, and he's also- And Like It is of, John's band, just- Yes, my yeah. band Like It. And uh, he's been in uh, famous groups like Electric Frankenstein and uh, a bunch of other cool bands. And in New York, in the East Village, he played with half of the bands that existed in that uh, genre. Um, he was in Sticky with the great- uh, late Georgie Seville. Very s sorry to hear about him. He, <laughs> he was in Sticky. Really You're talking about sticky. sticky like like they're the Rolling Stones, man. What, yeah, I, what was, been stick <laughs> Sticky to me was New York's Rolling Stones. I love Sticky. Oh, okay. So anyway, he gave okay. me this I'm sure they were great. beer stein. And if you look in the Kiss, uh, I said Kissology. Uh, what was the book called that Kiss released? The big Kiss book. Maybe History? History, history. Yes. They show a picture of Paul Stanley and Ace Frehley holding beer steins. Ace is like this big. Uh, Paul's is more like this size. But this is an authentic beer stein. It's called a stein, and it's from Germany, thanks to Mike Lincoln. So I will be using that to drink beer and no longer putting this in my bag with the computer. Uh, no offense to White Star. It was not their fault. It was this. It was my fault. So anyway, right. that's that. Uh, cool. Another COVID New Jersey update. I want to thank uh, a really great girl, Christina McGlynn, a Facebook friend of mine uh, and Kiss and Ace fan. And look what she sent me. I just got it to, uh, today. A, uh, I'm going to put it up to the screen here. This is a Kiss oh, wow. it's awesome. mask. And it says, you drive us wild, we'll drive you crazy, which is part of Rock and Roll Night. And I'm going to demo what I will look like in the kiss mask. Cool. And John, I haven't even told you this, but um, a good friend, uh, Joe Ryan, uh, out in California, who I hung with when I was out in LA um, back in September, uh, he is attempting to help us get some talking metal masks made. And he oh, even sent me great. like a pro like a picture of a prototype. So wow, that would be uh, really hopefully those cool. will come Thanks, through. Bro. And I think we'll, We'll reserve those for some of the the hardcore uh, talking metal fans and uh, get those out to you guys. So stay tuned for talking metal. That would masks. be great. I, I got a, a, one more shout out um, to Night Bob of Night Bob Sound. I was going to ask you about Night, Night Bob. Bob Night Bob, very famous 
uh, Mixer. Of course, uh, they, he's in the Aerosmith book, the official Aerosmith biography. They talk about him in that. And uh, I've met Night Bob. And what did Night, Night Bob, when I was, I hung with him when I was with you somewhere, and he told me some like, scandalous oh a story about one of the aerosmith guys that i didn't believe and then it actually ended up being true like a couple of weeks later but uh yeah <laughs> joey kramer yeah, night, bob, like, yeah. night bob is amazing and um oh that was a joey's uh, yeah no, I, I shouldn't say i didn't believe it but it was a it was like whoa uh, you know i wasn't sure but it, sure he was spot on night bob is an in my opinion the the best sound man that there is and i'm not just saying that uh, night bob has done sound for uh, my band's cherry red and of course like it and night bob is ace's main guy night bob i i met night bob first when he was doing sound with ace freely back in 1987 then he went on to do sound with paul stanley on his solo tour he did sound with ted nugent sound with kiss and he's been doing this since the the 70s and um, he, he's the best, and he's one of the coolest guys. And Night Bob, um, if you ever get a chance to just sit with Night Bob and for him to talk to you about uh, stuff that happened back in the day, uh, you'll never have a, a – you, you won't hear better stories from anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm wow. convinced because the, I don't think there's one single musician who has as many good stories because Night Bob has just worked with everybody. And the other thing is everybody loves and respects Night Bob uh, because they know he's just that good. By the way, Z-Man, so, remember him show. checking in on the comments? Yeah, Z-Man, nice. So he is uh, he is there. Victor Ruiz, uh, Mars Attacks podcast, a great podcast. Yeah. Checking in, Rich Saint Van. Oh yeah, what Rich a book is great. He, he could write. He, he yeah, up. Rich is uh, up here in Weehawken, and uh, Delilah uh, Crihelli, one of the greatest photographers from Rockstar Picks. And D, I, I oh, have yeah, to. I know uh, you know what I got to do? I promise D, I'm going to show something. So stand by while I pull this off the wall. Hang on. All right. So, guys, um, we've been putting these up as podcasts. So a few things. Oh, wow. What do you got there? Look at this. This is a portrait that uh, Dee shot of me playing on stage with Like It. And um, you can't tell this from the picture here, but it's honestly printed on like metal. So the photographic paper is metallic. It's, it's insane. Where do you see this in, in real life, Mark? When you come wow. Here? Yeah, it's I can right. tell already. Delilah, thank you so much. Uh, and her company is called rockstarpicks.rocks. Yeah. And right. uh, that's the website. And uh, believe me, believe it or not, I'm part of the logo. This kind of looks like a K. So um, I'm part of the uh, rockstar picks. Uh, logo now. So, oh, so cool. Yeah, I see it does look like okay. So, Burke Gabriel, real quick, give me a 30 second answer. Burke Gabriel wants to know about the squirrel. I think you took a picture of a squirrel. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, the squirrel, guys, is uh, I took a picture of a squirrel. The reason I just wrote squirrel was the, the other day. So, here's what you do when, when there's COVID, I call it COVID time again, just like the song, cold gin time again. <laughs> COVID time again. So, so, when there's COVID time again, you just you hang out, you work during the day. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to work from home. So, I work during the day, and then I go on an adventure, and um, it'll take me somewhere in the area. I, sometimes I walk like six miles, and then I come back. And on one of my walks, I, I took pictures of ducks. And uh, and geese, and there was a big online thing about me not knowing uh, the difference between a duck and a goose, um, uh, or a male and female male or duck, which now I do, thanks to everybody. I'm from the country, so I should know that stuff. 
However, I did not. Um, but so I posted the, the picture of the ducks, and then it said I saw some squirrels. And then right. there was a there was a moment online where people thought that I thought the ducks were squirrels. Oh, okay. All right. So I was posting that picture of a squirrel to show that I know the difference. To show that you actually recognize wildlife in, uh, yes. in, so in Hudson I'm County, saying, New Jersey. I've pictures of ducks, but I also right. saw squirrels, not pictures. I should have put, like, remember that one album that you played on um, and it said Ranger X, not pictured? Right, right. Yep. I should have put squirrels, not pictured, but but there was an right. online controversy about that. So right, that's I hear why you. I posted that picture. I love that my friend Kim uh, from Winber, PA, uh, Kim Dale, she, uh, her, her maiden name is Kim Oldham, and we used to sit next to each other because uh, Ostrowski and Oldham, we were the O's and, um, in school, and she posted like a, a funny thing about that, too, uh, when I pictured the, the, a squirrel. So we got we got like 12 minutes in theory, if he doesn't join early until Rob Duke's uh, former Exodus vocalist joins us. And oh, I just want to finish what I started before that. Yeah. So, guys, what happens to this is it goes up on YouTube. We need you all to subscribe to our YouTube channel, because if we can get 10,000 subscribers, apparently we can use the uh, YouTube studios in New York City. Uh, for for free, I guess, and they'll help us amazing. with productions. Uh, so please, we're only we're only we're not even at six thousand. So we need we need everyone here to go to YouTube.com/slash Talking Metal and subscribe. So these videos get posted there, and then the audio is used for a podcast. And uh, yeah, and those go up, and sometimes we add music in and stuff on the podcast, uh, which so it's uh, a little bit slicker and. And and stuff like that. I tell you what, let's um, let's play right now. Little Miss Dangerous by Ted Nugent on the podcast version. Is that all right, John? That sounds great. Right here is Little Miss Dangerous by Ted Nugent. Got the magic touch The little girl is dangerous Just a bit too much In the midnight hour About the stroke of twelve She'd be stepping out you're gonna raise some hell And it's a woman She's holding that wild card Gotta make a move Should make your life so hard a High heel sneakers a Head to toe in face Such a dangerous body With the little girl's face A little miss dangerous Little Miss Dangerous to me She's like Little Miss Dangerous Looks so dangerous Trouble, looking for 
Ted Nugent here on the Talking Metal podcast, and this is actually we're doing a live stream. You were, if you're listening to the podcast, this is the audio from the live screen screen stream. The video is posted on YouTube, and we do these generally every Friday night on John's Facebook page. So it's a lot of fun. We got Rob Dukes uh, apparently in about ten minutes. He'll be joining us. Do you want to do a brush with greatness or a yes. guitar? Uh, I can Let's pick one of your guitars. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you pick a guitar? Okay, so behind you, uh, it's like a black looking one. It's uh, like- Okay, I see it, I see it. Yeah, let me grab Guys, I'm gonna show you something. This is a, t you're getting all the, the tricks of the trade here. In, in like photography and television and the media industry, there's certain things that you're not supposed to see. So this Nightbob shirt, which I love, was a 2XL. So I've got a hair clip on the back, so I wasn't going to show that, but that that pulls it in. Anyway, that's a trick of the trade. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Okay, so this guitar here is a 2003 Gibson Les Paul Classic. Now, classic. a classic okay. is the same, in my opinion, as a Les Paul standard. It's just got a different name, but it's uh, what, what denotes a standard uh, from a custom is that a standard uh, has many things, single ply binding on the front, no binding on the back. And um, now this, of course, uh, fans of KISS will recognize it as something that looks like an Ace Frehley guitar because it's got three cream pickups um, and a pick guard. And uh, these are, of course, the Marzio pickups. And this is uh, this is basically what Ace played. Now, the, the difference is, is that Ace's the, the one that Ace played that everybody knows is a Les Paul Custom 
as opposed to a Les Paul standard, and that has multi-ply binding on the top and the back. But the cool thing about this guitar, and there's a couple of neat things. Uh, this guitar originally had uh, black Gibson pickups, and it kind of looked a little bit like Peter Frampton's guitar with right. black pickups. Okay. And um, the coolest thing is that Larry DiMarzio um, of DiMarzio Pickups, which have been out since the 70s, uh, actually was nice enough to send me these three double cream pickups, which she has. Uh, DiMarzio is the only company that's allowed to make double creams. And um, he sent them to me. I had them installed uh, in Manhattan. And this is just a great, great guitar. And the funniest thing is that um, Ace Frehley, you know, of course, uh, of Kiss and, you know, legendary rock and roll Hall of Fame musician, was here in, in this apartment, and he picked this guitar up. And the funniest thing is that one of the knobs flew off when he picked it up, and it was just pretty funny because he grabs the guitar, and the knob goes flying. He's like, what just happened? I go, sorry, that one knob's a little loose. So uh, this guitar has been played by Ace, and I honestly have to say that I think seeing this guitar again uh, inspired Ace to dig out his... Uh, uh, black or what they call ebony Les Paul customs and start playing him again. And he did that. Uh, you could see him on the Spaceman record uh, cover with uh, his black, one of his old black ones. And uh, he used it live uh, around that time. So um, Ace inspired me and then I re-inspired Ace, I believe. And the, the other historic thing is that if you, if you look up online, uh, Pete Townsend and the Hard Rock Cafe. The second guitar ever given to the Hard Rock Cafe was a Les Paul Standard with three cream pickups. And wow, the story cool. behind that is that um, Eric Clapton gave the, the first guitar to the Hard Rock Cafe. And when Pete Townsend heard about that, he goes, if, if, if you put up an Eric Clapton guitar, I'm going to send you a guitar so you can put mine up because I'm just as good as that or my guitar is just as cool. So Was that the second, Hard Rock in London? Yeah, the Hard Rock in London. Yeah, because I know I know Clapton was a big fan of the Hard Rock in London. I don't even know if he was an investor or what, but he um, he he like even like tweaked their menu and stuff. And and wow. I know he yeah he was a I, I think he he may reside in Los Angeles now, but I know Clapton when when he when he was in London. This is like back in the eighties that that he was a, a big fan of the Hard Rock Cafe when it was still kind of underground, you know, before it went all corporate. I don't even know when it started in London. It could have been the seventies for all I know. Yeah, I, sure. I have to I'd have to look it up. But yeah, it's I've always been a fan of Hard Rock Cafe, which is why my apartment looks like it looks because I've got like the frame stuff and the guitars on the walls. Yeah, well, I, I was too. And we used to go to the one uh, when I, I, you know, everyone thinks I'm a Jersey guy, which I kind of am, but but I, I actually went to high school in the Midwest. I went to junior high in, in Wisconsin and uh, high school in uh, the Chicago suburbs. And we used to go to Chicago to the when the Hard Rock opened there, and that was a big deal because I believe it was the only the third Hard Rock. I think it was like New York, L.A., Chicago wow. at that time. Uh, and I remember being just in awe because they had Warren D. Martini's uh, Snakeskin. I guess it was a Charvel. Charvel. I guess it was a Charvel. Yeah, hanging on the wall there. Uh, yeah, Warren Warren D. Martini, one of my favorite players actually, and, and kind of. Unlike a George Lynch, who I'd kind of put in that same category, like Warren, he's he's just kind of absent. You know, they did that rat reunion with him a few years back, and that didn't that was kind of ill fated. But it's like he seems to me like he he could s still be out there, 
like some people say George Lynch goes overboard because he's got 50 projects going on at once, you know, but I, I would love to see Warren doing some, some projects with some different guys, mix it up, you know, do yeah, but I, I don't know. He's doing stuff too. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Hey, we got Rob Dukes. Rob Dukes checking in. Rob, Ladies and gentlemen, you? Rob Dukes from uh, Generation Kill, of course, Exodus, smoking a cigar. <laughs> Rob, can you hear us? All right. Rob, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Rob? Rob, oh, he's, he's connecting, connecting his audio. audio. Okay, that'll help. All right. Audio, no, it said says audio's connected. Can you hear us, Rob? Yes, I can. <laughs> how are you, man? Rob, how are you, man? How's it I'm going? Good. What's up? What's up, Thanks fellas? for coming on, Rob. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Rob is outside. Rob, how are you feeling, man? Because the how last time I spoke it? with you, you said, you know, you were you were recovering. You were about 90%. Uh, you feeling 100% now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all better, man. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I'd have to say that I'm all better, man. I, I went to uh, the day to give me a look, uh, you know, uh, besides, uh, um, I have a, I have high blood pressure, right? So I'm working on getting that down. So other than that, man, I'm all good, man. So, so anyway. So, so Rob, for the for the listeners that might not know, what we're talking about is that you went to see Overkill out in Phoenix, I believe, and somehow ended up getting the COVID. Yeah, yeah, Jim. So, uh, overkill. I was hanging out with Bobby and, uh, uh, and uh, beforehand, and then uh, I was out in the crowd. Uh, first, I was watching from like the side in the like guitar area, and then I went out into the crowd and was kind of just standing out there watching. And then the full, full, you know what I mean. And then uh, night and uh, Wednesday, I started off feeling good. Wednesday, I didn't feel good. And then Thursday, I actually left work early, um, like halfway through the day, and just like went home. I was like, fuck, man, I feel like I got the flu. Now, this was March 3rd, so there wasn't really – there was talk about it, but it wasn't like the, the way it's overtaking the news now. And then, uh, yeah, and then I was sick for like two weeks, man. I got uh, quarantined for – by the doctor for two weeks and uh, put on some meds. I ended up in the hospital at one point um, getting ibuterol put in my lungs because I had a really bad lung infection. And I was like, I was coughing so much that I, I started coughing up blood because there was nothing to cough up. It was like a dry, hacky, shitty cough. Wow. And then, um, yeah. So, but fuck, man, can we talk about anything other than that? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. So, for for people who uh, don't know, Rob, you were with Exodus for how many years? Twelve? Just a ten, ten to uh, ten years, almost ten, a full decade, ten, like a little less years. than yeah. And and I definitely want to talk to you about about your time with Exodus. But right now, you always have a lot of cool stuff going on. And right now, you got some Generation Kill stuff in the oven. Right, there's going to be a new record. Zeus is going to be mixing and yeah. producing? Uh, well, at this point, he's mixing it for sure. Uh, it's actually, 
because everybody is kind of spread out, we're not sure to, like what we're going to do about that. Uh, I didn't really uh, ask him to do that. I just asked him to mix it at this point. Okay. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there because it's not like we can get in a room all together and make an album. So what we did was we had a bunch of songs. We actually had a bunch of songs and then we, we kind of abandoned those and started over and wrote a bunch of new songs and then just kind of, it kept the ball rolling. We, we got sidetracked a little bit with, uh, you know, with uh, just some family stuff that went on and some other personal stuff that went on. So we, uh, but we persevered, we pushed on and now we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, I got six songs done. I've been doing them over at uh, uh, Mike Gilbert from Flotsam and Jetsam lives like two minutes from me. And he's got a really cool setup in his house. And um, so the, I, I did all the pre-production with uh, my buddy Craig Safola, when I, and I was doing all the, all the button pushing for myself in my, in my own. And it was just too um, – it just takes away from performing. It takes away from the uh, – what you're doing when you have to like worry about I, you're cutting in and out and a little then, bit you know i mean so uh actually vocals and so i've been flying them back and forth um so i've been flying them back and forth and um you know we're getting them done man we're getting the record done it sounds fucking amazing and it's like we took uh we're all gonna die and we said okay we're gonna up the game a little bit so we did all That's right what we're doing and there's a new bass player with you guys now mm -hmm. Uh, guitar player, uh, his brother Max is playing bass for us now. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And will there? I mean, obviously, no bands are are really doing live gigs at this point. But a year from now, or or six months from now, do you imagine doing some G G Kill shows? Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're supposed to do um, that Jersey Metal Fest in September. It was in June, but they relocated it to September. It's right there in Jersey. It's by you guys. So, okay. um, oh, cool. We were, I forget. It's at like some, uh, it's either in Jersey City or Newark. I don't remember which. Wow, that, that'd be great. Uh, so, is it definitely going to happen, Rob? Yeah. Well, they said it was going to be, they moved it to September. I, I forget the date. Um, I should know that, but I, I, I haven't been paying attention. So he right. just said that, oh, you know, but you'll see plenty of posts and all that. And, uh, you know, I was going to invite you guys. I was actually going to ask you guys to come fucking like, uh, like uh, announce bands and come hang out and do interviews with people. And like, you We'd know, love to, you know, get, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. definitely do that for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Cool. That'd be great. And hopefully it happens. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know if, uh, like, we don't know like exactly what's going to ha happen. Uh, like, you know, who knows what the fuck's going to happen by September, but that's the plan. You know what right. I mean? So cool. Right. Right. Now, Rob, you're originally from uh, this area and, and we uh, were lucky enough to jam with you um, at Dingbats in Clifton uh, when we did our streaming metal show. And what made you decide to want to uh, leave the New York area? Um, so I have another pat. My other passion is is uh, building cars, and the the problem with the cars that were I was coming across on the East Coast, uh, vintage older cars, of course, um, they were just too rotted and rusty, and just too much work. And I had come out here a few times. I liked the area. I liked the weather, and um, the cars have no rust. So that's wow. what I followed to go do. You know, so. I kind of was like, oh, I want to build cars when, I, when I'm not on the road. And then it just so happened that I ended up doing it full time. But um, 
I'm glad I made the move because I, I, you know, if I was in New York, I'd just be working on Honda Civics and shit. You know what I mean? I'd just be a regular mechanic. <laughs> yeah. But here, uh, yeah. but here I work on a uh, custom. I work at a custom, you know, VW shop called Doug's Bugs in Mesa, Arizona. And we are the premier shop in Arizona for, for vintage air-cooled Volkswagens. You know, we do everything from buses and bugs and off-road stuff. We do some really high-end off-road cars and some really high-end street cars. And we do everything in-house, man, from motors, trainees, paint, all of it. Man, we build – I've restored, you know, in the last, you know, couple of years, I've restored five or six cars that are full frame-off restorations. Like, you know, everything is – is is done and it's there they came out beautiful and they're awesome and i've been doing a corvette for myself i wanted a i found like a, a c3 corvette it's like the stingray from the 70s it's a 76 wow, nice it's a, a flat flat back window and i so i've been doing that for myself i you know rebuilt everything and i'm right now i'm getting it painted and 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 then i throw the interior in it and then i start driving what, what year did they stop it. making sting corvette stingrays in the 70s right no, no, no. They, they went from 68 to 82. 82, and, uh, that okay. That was the last year of, of, yeah, so 82. So they went away, and then they changed the design, and it became the C4, which was uh, a different car, man. It was, they're, they're not really coveted. But then they changed it and made the C5, and then they made the C6, which is really a, a really nice car. And that's probably my next purchase because, um, you know, having an LS in a, in a car, an LS motor, it's, it's uh fuel injected. You can, you can get like a thousand horsepower out of it with, with for really like a couple grand where 350, I had to dump a shit ton of money in it to get, you know, 500 horsepower. So. Right on. Well, I, so, I love, anyway. I, I love vets. Um, my uncle Jim has a 65, uh, convertible, uh, that um, I, it's blue. It's like a light metallic blue. I can't remember what there's uh, the, the, there was an actual name, specific name that I can't think of for that paint job. Right. But, uh, he had that guitar, which is great. And my parents had what I would call a muscle car back in the day. And it was a 69 Chevelle Malibu, not an SS, but it was still cool. Yeah. Right on. So Rob, yeah. you got the, the car stuff, you got the generation kill stuff, but you also, uh, have Dukes. You put out, a, I guess it was what two years ago. Some some great solo material. Any other solo material you're working on right now? Uh, I'm working on, man. I got like a few more songs I got to do to just to release the album. I'm just gonna give it away for free and just you know whatever. Uh, I'm just gotta finish it up. You know, I I, uh, I had some like personal stuff going on, so I had to like I stepped away from everything for a while. I started doing. Uh, I started doing stand-up comedy to kind of try to deal with the personal stuff going on in my life. And uh, so I kind of stepped away from the music for, a, you know, a few months and, um, and started doing stand-up, man. There's a bunch man, of that's pretty and, uh So I just would go to uh, clubs and just, I would just do stand-up and fucking talk about what was, <laughs> talk about what was going on in my life. It was fucking crazy. It was, I, I just, uh, you know, I have a ton of, of comedian friends, you know what I mean? I have, uh, you know, just a bunch of people and, and, uh, I got inspired by them and I got kind of forced into it by Bobby Kelly. So he kind of forced me to, you should do it. You should do it. So I was like, all right, cool. So here I am doing it. Um, I haven't, I mean, I've been done in a couple months cause everything's closed, but, uh, I've been writing stuff down, but anyway, so I'm right now and kind of, 
we, we got six songs completely done. We're working on two more. It's going to be an eight song record. And then I have a couple more songs to do with the Duke stuff. And then, uh, um, you know, hope it kind of, you know, writes itself. And then we're able to go out because I, I feel horrible for so many people. I feel, I feel horrible for the tech guys and the crew guys because, you know, I knew a lot of them, how they lived and they weren't, they weren't expecting this, you know what I mean? And it just, it's heartbreaking to think about people that weren't ready for this or, or people that were, you know, people that were trying to, to, to recover maybe from something that was happening bad already before this. And they were like on the cusp of fucking getting their shit together. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're fucking thrown back in the, in the fucking lion's den of fucking madness. And, you know, so, uh, I've been reading a lot of. I watched the Mandalorian four times. Oh, you're up to four now! Wow. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I watched it four times. I I love that Bill Burr was in it and Michael uh, and Brian Posehn was in it, man. Was yeah, like, that's right. I like yeah. Brian Posehn. A lot of cool people, you know. Yeah, so great. With the with the comedy stuff, when 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 you started doing it, did you go back and study some of the great comics or did you just kind of go for it? I, so like, you know, they they tell you, you should, you know, like practice and write stuff down. And, uh, and, uh, so I wouldn't, I didn't do any of that. I just kind of walked up. So I I had a whole plan of what I was going to say. I had this, I had this story that happened to me on tour. And I was going to, that was what I was going to do. I'm going to tell this story. It's like five minutes. I have five minutes on stage. And the guy that went ahead of me kind of threw me off because he said something funny. And then I, I, when I walked on stage, I commented on what he had talked about and it made everybody laugh because it was, it was kind of funny. And then, um, and then I, it threw, I didn't tell my, I just ended up just telling, talking about my day and like what I was right. going through. And it would just ended up, and it ended up being funny. You know I mean? So it's kind of therapy for you, too. <laughs> it was total therapy, man. Yeah. It was total <laughs> fucking therapy. And, I mean, that's that's amazing, too, because you're going through some stuff that's some real shit, you know, but you're able to take it out in public, release it, and have people laugh at it. You know, I, I, I can see how that would be rewarding. It actually, to be able to laugh at myself about it, like it was just, you know, you hold on. To these 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 think are so important and then uh you you something else bad happens and then the other things you're like oh why was i whining about that for because this is right. way worse you know <laughs> so um that's kind of how it's kind of what happened and, and uh you know i mean i've been dude, i've been reading a lot i've been i'm gonna read this i read this book man it has blown my mind uh i'm gonna suggest it to everyone watching it's called uh Charles Manson and the CIA and the secret history of the sixties by this guy, Tom O'Neill. And it is by far, it is, it is the best book I've ever read. It is, it is, I've, I've, it it is mind blowing how fucking crazy the sixties, the the, starting in the fifties led up to, to this era in the sixties that was, uh, just filled with turmoil and, and, and craziness and all the stuff that they know everybody, nobody talked about. And this guy investigated it, dug it up and he wrote a book about it and it is absolutely fascinating. And I've been obsessed with all the books that he, he mentioned. 
I bought them all. So I have right. like six books right now that I'm, I'm like, I'm in the second one and I can't wait to like, you know, and I'm just, what's the I'm, name? I'm Tell us the name of the book again. It's called, uh, it's called Charles Manson and the CIA and the secret history of the, of the sixties. Wow. Okay. It's by, by, it's by Tom O'Neill. Um, great book. Heard about it on Rogan's podcast and was just interested in what the guy said. And the next thing you know, man, I started reading the book and it's so much more in depth than, than the podcast was. And then, I actually wrote the guy and told him what a fucking amazing book was. And he, he wrote me back. It was like, yeah, I made my day, man. I fucking, you know. So anyway, man, it's just, uh, I've been reading a lot. I've been, um, and, uh, you know, uh, just working a lot and just trying to, you know, stay home and not get sick and not make anybody else sick. And just, uh, but I have like this, there's this little, little uh, outdoor patio place by my house and go sit in the bar and nobody and then and it's like a little and I just nobody fucking fucks with me and I don't fuck with anybody and nobody sits near me though I'm kind of by myself and, and I come out here and hang out smoke a cigar a couple times a week and then I I go home and you know so anyway, that's so, Rob, why my life has become very simple well Good. it looks it looks relaxing and cool Rob being a, a professional touring musician what do you think uh, what's your opinion on when concerts are going to start up again and if they're going to be different or if the industry has changed forever or what? What do you think? I'm on a podcast. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be until next year. I don't think it's going to be uh, this year. And even next year, man, I mean, I don't know how – until they get a vaccine, I mean, they can't really guarantee that. I mean, how could you go to a concert with a thousand people, even if you're wearing masks? Like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't, you're just, it's too compact. But, you know, I'm a fucking idiot. So, what the fuck <laughs> do I know, man? I mean, the, I wouldn't want my friends to go. I wouldn't want people to be jammed. And I wouldn't want, God forbid, that you go see. You ask people to come see your band and then three people get sick and die. I mean, you, that, I mean, that right. would be fucking, I mean, I don't want to live with that. You know what I mean? I'd rather just, let's wait till there's a vaccine. I mean, and, but look, beyond just the simple, uh, you know, bands playing, I mean, the bigger bands will be okay. The bigger bands that had a, had, you know, big ass bank accounts and they have backing, they're, they're going to be fine but a lot of the smaller bands are really going to suffer because, you know, even being a musician and, and working a, a full-time job is really, I mean, look, I'm not trying to make excuses, but there was something to be said for when I, when I was in Exodus, I only did Exodus. I focused on that constantly. I, I, I perfected my craft. I got better and better. I joined other projects to kind of keep my, my, uh, my my keep it up when i was you know when i was going through a, a little had a month off or whatever i'd find some that's how generation kill started i had like a two-month layover in new york like, together with some friends and said hey man let's fucking jam and i jammed with you guys and i jammed with plenty of people I, I would just play music with people just to keep it rolling but you know during that time my i think i in 10 years i i did the the ten thousand hours the, the the crafting of my of of what i was doing but now that I have a regular job that's, you know, 50 hours, you know, I, I come home at night and I, I shower, I eat, 
you know, I, I, I take care of my pets and then, uh, and then, you know, then I'm supposed to sit and write, you know what I mean? And I can't like force inspiration and it doesn't really just happen that way. You guys, you, you guys are both players, you know, but sometimes right. man, you'll be, you know, a lot, a lot of my best work used to come at two, three in the morning when I'd be up and I'd, I'd wind down and everything would shut off and, uh, you know, my, uh, my, my ex-wife would go to bed and I would just have the house to myself and I put on headphones and I, and then I would start creating and I would start and it would go till, you know, sometimes six, seven in the morning and then I'd go to bed and sleep out, wait till noon and then go meet, you know, I mean, it was just a different lifestyle. And for right. the younger bands that have to go and do, they're going to have to go find jobs now to, 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 uh, to feed themselves and to house themselves and to, but in the, you know, when you when you got a ton of stress on you to to do that, man, it really fucking is. It's got to be difficult to. I find it difficult to. to it drains create, your creativity. You know? Right, right, for yeah. sure, absolutely, man. You know, and that's why it's like a starving artist. There's something to that. You know what I mean? There's something to when you're starving or when you're hungry that you 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 work so fucking hard at it because you're not doing anything else. You're not thinking about fucking payroll or whatever the fuck you do for work. You know what I mean? Or you just, you're focused right. on that. So, so Rob, well, he froze. I remember my friend oh, asked me okay. really fucking good. And he, and he, yeah. Oh, you froze he, up for I, a real quick. Oh, go ahead. Uh, my, go ahead friend was, my friend was, a, my friend was a painter and he said to me, he said, Hey man, do you think I should go to school to like be a teacher for painting? And I go, dude, the moment you do that, you are no longer a working painter artist. You're just, now you're a teacher. And he called me like 10 years later and he went, dude, you're right. I should have never fucking got a teaching degree. I'm like, ah, I told you, man. Hey, Rob, I wanted to ask you, you know, when you- But he's never lived in his car. Wow. There... Hey, right. <laughs> when, you, when you were with Exodus, you obviously, there was many big festivals with, with super famous bands and, and you mingled with- with a lot of real high profile uh, people, who did you meet that really like sh kind of shook you? Like, I can't believe I just met fill in the blank. Was there anybody that really took you aback as far as their level of, let's say greatness or your admiration for them? Mike Patton. Mike Patton. All right. Go for Mike, Pat Mike, Mike Patton was, he, he, he was, uh, he was awesome, man. I mean, he was, he was super nice to me. You know what I mean? He, he, uh, you know, we got introduced, uh, by a mutual friend and, um, and, uh, it was funny. It was Danny DeVito was staying there too. It was kind of cool. And I, I, I met Danny DeVito and then, so we were all talking and, and it was just, uh, it was cool, man. We were talking about stuff and then, um, so that he was cool. And I, I have a, a quick story. I actually thought about it today cause I heard Rocky mountain way today. I met Joe Walsh once in California. And I was uh, drinking coffee and I, I met Joe Wolf and we talked for an hour outside this little coffee shop and never mentioned the Eagles or James Gang or anything once. We were just talking about life itself and, and a life after quitting drinking. That's kind of what we were talking wow. about. And music wow. never came. I, I didn't tell him what band I was in and he didn't mention it. And I didn't mention, hey, man, like you're you – know, I didn't mention, hey, dude, I went and saw you one time open for Richard Marks, man. It was, you were awesome. Like, because I loved, I loved right. Joe Walsh's guitar playing. Always have. Anyway, and we sat and we talked. And I never, I never mentioned music. And so he was, he was special, man. He was a cool guy. 
Um, That's great. There's wow. been others, man. Yeah. Peter Tagren from uh, Hypocrisy and the band Pain. Um, what a beautiful human being. I mean, crazier than fuck, but he is just, he was so fucking cool to me. And like just watching him, the way he, you know, uh, sang. And I remember telling him, I remember I go, dude, I can't remember lyrics. I fuck them up all the time. He goes, so is everybody. Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. <laughs> and it took right. the pressure off. It took the pressure off of me because it was my biggest hangup is that I just, for some reason, I, I just couldn't retain lyrics unless I did them every day over and over and over again. And then, uh, and then sometimes I would, I'd fuck up live, of course. And then, um, and he goes, man, everybody fucking does that. Man, it's just no big, yeah, cool. no worries, man. Fuck it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Now, at my, at, Rob, what kind you, of a situation uh, were you in where you've got Rob Dukes of Exodus, Danny DeVito, the actor, and Mike Patton of Faith More? Just to go back to that real quick, what situation was that? Oh, okay. So uh, I went to uh, I went to uh, Coachella, and I uh, and and I was watching um, Phantomas. So Mike was playing with Phantomas. And uh, Lombardo was playing drums, and uh, Buzz was there, and uh, and uh, Chris from uh, um, from uh, from Jane's Addiction was playing bass, and and Mike, and we all kind of were backstage because I I had a, a full VIP, so I was backstage, and um, and we were just we hung out. Actually, you know who was there too was uh, the singer from uh, the Prodigy. Oh, I can't remember oh, his name. Wow. Oh, the guy who oh, died, from- right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keith. And Keith, so we, right. we were all kind of hanging out. Yeah. So, and, and so then me actually, so after that, me and Keith, uh, we, we hung out, we watched Phantomas and then me and Keith went and watched, um, this guy, DJ, DJ Z trip. And he was, and it was him. And then, and then we watched cut chemist and we watched uh, DJ shadow. Like we were, we went from the, 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 this rock tent, to the DJ booth, and I, I was, it was all kind of new to me, but I, I've been a fan ever since, man. I have every one of their records. I buy DJ shit all the time. These guys were, were unfucking believable, man. It was fucking great. So that was my, uh, that was that weekend. That's how that transpired. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. So I know you're, you know, you're friendly with with Gary Holt and the Exodus guys. Do you ever envision that you could maybe? work with with gary or any of those guys outside of exodus doing some other music is that ever a possibility oh actually gary gary did a solo on the first uh generation kill single that's coming out uh next month wow so we're releasing on june and uh gary gary did the solo so we're probably gonna have like a, a like a lyric style video kind of thing probably but not much of us we just we, i have an idea for what we're gonna do with it and uh the song is fucking awesome dude it's wow. like i said it to him i said hey man will you do we you do a solo for and he's like hey let me you know this like a year and a half ago and he was like ah and then i was like well listen to the fuck song and then fucking tell me so then i said to him and he wrote back immediately goes fuck yeah i'll do it <laughs> so the song <laughs> is fucking very fucking cool very fucking, very fucking heavy. So, um, yeah. So, um, so that's that's that. Uh, Lee's gonna play on it. I got uh, Rick Hunal gonna play some shit. Um, you know, so you know, I got uh, I did some stuff uh, with Jack and and Tom with uh, my buddy Craig Safola. 
um, with his band called New Messiah. We did just a couple cover songs and stuff just to kind of keep things going and flowing and stuff. I, I actually, it wasn't really in the, in the frame, uh, mind frame to write new music at the time. So I did a, some cover song. I did a um, Petty song. I did a, uh, a uh, Leonard Skinner song. I did a Turbo Lover by Judas Priest. Nice. Because everyone was like shitting on that song for fucking ever. And I'm like, you know what? That song's fucking great. Fuck you guys. So I went and I fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, yeah. I, I just was realizing that uh, that you've been on Talking Metal so many times as uh, you, we did the Talking Metal Jam with Exodus. Then we did another jam uh, later so on. Blind. And then we did the thing with Dingbats. So, Rob, you've been, and then you've been a guest on, I remember the first time we met, I think it was at the circus bar in uh, the house kitchen area. Remember that, Mark? Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we talked about Star Wars for like four hours, man. We yeah. Were yeah. <laughs> I, remember I love that. that. Yeah, and I remember in that interview that, that you did with us at the circus bar, I mean, you really got your start in in kind of the music business as you were, it's funny because now you're working on cars, but you were working on guitars, right? Yeah, yeah, I was like a guitar tech and I fixed stuff and I was always, always tinkering with something. I mean, I kind of always had the knack for that, but um, that was- and Who were you teching with? Were you out on the road with bands as like a, as a tech? Yeah, yeah. I did a, I did a bunch of tours. Man, I was, you know, I had a lot of just because I lived in LA, um, I had access to like four different clubs. So you could actually work multiple clubs in a single night for like 150 bucks. So I could make like 400 bucks in a night and like four or five nights a week. And that's what I was doing. I was working at um, the Key Club, the El Rey, and, uh, and a couple other clubs. And then I would like, so I'd lo unload bands there and then drive over to the other one, unload bands there. And this kind of made it a, we, I worked with the same group of people and we were all kind of, we, we, had, we had worked uh, a couple of festivals together and we did a, a warp tour and stuff like that. So it was, it was like, you no, know, back then, man, it was, you know, the early two thousands, it was, it was a good way to make money. I mean, I was living in LA, I had a really awesome apartment and I was making, you know, I was making fucking killer money and just fucking hanging on just checking for all sorts of different people and uh and then and then i went on tour with satiricon i went on tour with uh with uh, uh buck terry and then i did and then i i got the exodus gig because somebody got fired on the first night um and uh somebody called me and said hey man exodus and megadeth need a tech right now uh, where are you and i was like i'm just finishing up a, a gig i can go home and grab some clothes and you're like, all right, you know, okay, cool. You got grab your passport because you're going to Canada. I was like, all right. And I fucking wow. went and did that and, and jumped on the tour. And then at the end of the tour, they offered me the gig. You know what I mean? Offered me, they offered me a, 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 a not the gig. They offered me a, um, a tryout. So right. I did that. And then I, I ended up getting the gig. So, yeah. But at, the whole time, I never stopped tinkering with shit, man. I always fixed up. I always worked on i always had cars in my house i was always working on volkswagens or dune buggies i got a picture of me man dave lombardo came to my house we did um you guys remember that band film that he did yeah, yeah. he did this yep. band film. so the night the day we i went to the big four in in new york right picked up dave the next morning in my car drove him to my house and we went and did four shows with film, Generation Kill and film. We played four shows together. 
Wow. Dave came to my house and, and I pulled him in, in the driveway. And I was like, dude, I built this fucking street dune buggy. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tube came Volkswagen powered streetcar that's totally legal on the streets in New York. But I was like, dude, you got to come take a ride in it. And I have pictures of, of him strapping himself in and I take him to drive in this fucking car. He was scared out of his fucking mind, dude. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. Wow. It was so much fun. Anyway, okay. I was always, awesome. you know, I, I always did like real, you know, always I, I, I do real long motorcycle trips. I've ridden across this, this country eight times and never went the same way. Um, right now I have a, a long, during, I have a long distance touring motorcycle. Makes it a lot more comfortable. I used to do it on a sport bike. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I do long trips by myself. I, my trip this year was to Pikes Peak, uh, um, but it got delayed. So um, I'm going to head out there in, in July um, for just a couple of days, just to go ride up Pikes Peak. And then, um, you know, man, life's weird, man. I, I, you know, I just, I do what makes me happy. You know what I mean? Right now it's, it's uh, right now it's about not getting sick or not getting any well sick and, and, uh, uh, trying to be a better than being so right and of course i gotta before we let you go i gotta ask you one star wars question we've heard that there's going to be another movie right did you you heard that i was hoping they were doing uh they would do the rise of darth vader like how he would i would like to see the moment that the emperor finds him in the lava and then takes him because if you ever read the book read the book the book's fucking amazing so he picks him up and he brings him into uh this chamber and he gives him metal legs and metal arm and a breathing apparatus together but he can't fight or anything because he's all metal so you remember how he was like a tinkerer when he was a kid right so he starts redesigning his own body to fight better so he can learn how to and he and he uses the force and he you're freezing up man um oh. and at one point in his better good oh uh, there you are yep, yeah, yeah we lost you for a little bit but we heard you say that he so, was uh okay. using so, the force so, to rebuild the, his his own body right okay right <laughs> so then he gets inside this chamber and for a moment he doubts. He goes, you know, I'm I'm in fucking pain here, and I'm learning. And he and he reaches out to the force, and he goes, he goes, maybe I fucked up. Maybe I shouldn't have killed all those kids. And the dark side just squeezes his fucking heart, and he's like having a heart attack, and he can't breathe. And he goes, forget it, forget it. I'm sorry. I'm glad I killed right. all the kids. And then he kind of just <laughs> did it. It's fucking amazing. And I wish they would make that into a movie. I'm like, oh, that'd be so fucking cool. I have to say, when, yeah, watching, I would like this. All right. Rob, you keep freezing up, man. <laughs> there, Rob, Rob, you're frozen. I hear him. He's, he's in there. It was, I think it's really the force. Space time we're starring there. Yeah, I think the force oh, really? is frozen. You, Rob, I'm we're, frozen. We're, Don't yeah. talk badly right. about Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I am late. Hi, dude. Fucking, fucking Disney. Hey, who's here? It's Emily. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. It's the Disney. Disney. 
Disney doesn't want me talking about this. Disney yeah, see, they're, they're, they're they don't want anybody to hear that idea. Right. Very good. Well, Rob, it's always great talking with you, man. And uh, we're, we're glad you're doing well. And uh, yeah. please keep us posted. Uh, I'm very excited to hear the, the new Generation Kill single. Actually, you played it for me. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but you sent me a, a, raw, a, a raw version of it a while back. But I'm excited for the rest a, of the world. A while back, yeah. Yeah, I'm well, sure. It's, it's actually better now because I, I, I redid the vocals and, I, and, I, and, I, and Zeus is mixing it. So it's going to sound fucking sonically like insane. So cool. anyway. Yeah. That, 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 I think that's breaking news that Gary Holt will be playing on it, right? That it hasn't been, it's not out there yet, right? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't remember if I said it to anybody, but um, if it didn't, I well, hope I didn't. You. And you guys got it first. That's all. All right. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> yeah, much, man. Rob. That's, that's so, awesome. And yeah. Rob, um, we appreciate you coming on. You're welcome to come on talking about anytime you want. Uh, we love you. And uh, what, what, uh, one more, go ahead. What, one more thing. One more quick thing. Yeah, John, man. Do you remember me running into me in the middle of the fucking New York City at one o'clock in the morning randomly? I, me and John I just do. ran into each other. I was walking I down absolutely. the street. And we were just, and then oh, we, I forgot. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, fuck. There you go. Yeah. In, yeah. in the middle of Manhattan, of all those fucking people, as big as that place is, walking down the street, John standing right in front of me. Hey, man, what's up? And then <laughs> <laughs> I completely remember that. And that's how I swear that's to God, all. stuff like that happens to me. I, I think we're drawn together. We're, we're drawn together. Mm -hmm. Metal is drawing us together. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right, Rob. Well, enjoy your cigar there. Stay safe, man. And Thanks, uh, hopefully we'll be able to travel again. Next time you're in New York, we got to hang for sure. You know. And Rob, if, if the shows in September yeah, man, happen. If I uh, want. You'll hear about it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll talk with, with Mark. I'll post it. and you'll, You guys yeah. know about all that. So. Absolutely. Awesome. And would love to introduce you guys and come and hang out and do interviews. It'd be awesome. Fucking a man, right on, dude. So love Thanks, you guys, Rob. man. You guys right. be good. Take it easy, brother. Thanks, bud. See you later. Bye. All right, take care, man. Take care. Bye, bye, All Emily. Right. Bye. Take bye. care, my heart. Bye, Emily. <laughs> Kisses. Cool. All right. So yeah, another yeah. double header here with two interviews. Um, cool. little, a little bit of uh, uh, connectivity issues there with Rob, but I, I think it was it was yeah, obvious. it was still cool. Yeah. I think it was great. Yeah, it was fine. It, it, luckily, it um, seemed to, you know, correct itself a little bit. Let me see if I can get us back to where it's just us two, and so that right. I don't. I have to go to the anymore. bathroom, so I'm going to let Emily take over for a okay, bit. Okay, Emily is going to take over. Okay, very cool. Me a yummy drink. Yeah, sure. Make me something yummy. Hi. Oh, I'm wearing my hey, yoga Emily. It's glamour. It's glamour here in Stregoland. I just hey. I just uh, unclogged the toilet. My no, no. my my boys like <laughs> threw like ten thousand like wipes into the toilet and thought they would flush it. That was fun. So the, <laughs> the, the days of rock and roll glamour are over for uh, me. Well, Emily, how are you? Uh, I am happy that uh, you were taking the time to hang out. You always have stuff going on. Like uh, the the last Friday, I think you had your own Zoom thing going on on another computer in a different room. That was two Fridays ago. Last Friday, I was doing my roots for the first time. Oh. I did my hair. And I, so I was upstairs. I was upstairs, like, bleaching my hair. 
I just dyed mine black today. So, you know, a lot of people don't want to try to dye their own hair. With this, is really easy. You just put black dye all over. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that you do, do it yourself, too. You don't need I, to go to a salon. No, but I never had. This was my first time, so I was really nervous. And I actually woke up um, on Saturday morning, last Saturday, and I, I mixed up a new batch of of the bleach solution, and I had Mark touch up all the areas that I missed. I, I read that. I saw the like a, you got a post about Mark touching up. I forgot to tell you about that. <laughs> it was great, and he actually enjoyed it. I think he was like, "I'm kind of good at this," you know. So it was, so I, it was fun. I, I'm an expert. If you ever, uh, if, you know, if we're ever quarantined together, I can help in the future. Are you really? Do I'm you a hair you, expert. Are you seriously? I, I, I'm a hair dyeing expert. I, I know how to. I know how to mix. I've got the tools and stuff. You know. Are you serious? I'm totally going to call Sometimes you. Sometimes I, time. you know, usually I just buy like the standard, you know, off the shelf stuff at the grocery store, but, um, or at like the, the pharmacy. But if I really want to, I can go to the, the hair places and get different mixes and you get like a little bowl and you mix them up and, so I'm I'm an expert at that. You know, expert. I, I used to have. Remember, I used to have that. Uh, you know, white lion style haircut. Now I've just got this. Yeah. With this. Yeah. But at least I got some hair on the head. You know, it's not that great, but uh, at least there's some there. You got some <laughs> hair, dude. I love your hair. It look at this. It's it's uh it's long now. It's actually I, know. I, I need a haircut. Like the, you can't see it with this black shirt. But. No, it looks good. I think your cut looks you? good. I I remember the pictures from Berkeley. I cut it myself. <laughs> with the that. The pictures when you were at Berkeley. Oh yeah, that's my best haircut. I wish I had that old hair. That was my favorite hair. And your hair was like Badly. frosted. It was like frosted. Like it was highlight. totally frosted. My hair was blonde. It was <laughs> light brown with frosted. Like your blonde. Like uh, that was my. I wish I still had hair like that. But sadly, you know, I'm. I, you know, I don't want to mention the age, but everybody knows what age group we're in. I was born in 1969. Um, so hey, you know. It, you can't always, you know, I've, I'm coming to grips with that. I need psychological counseling because I still think of myself as that Berkeley hair, like that, uh, you know, slaughter yeah. white lion. Well, actually, when I went to Berkeley at first, it was more like a Bon Jovi. And then it, yeah. it, um, actually it was like a Dave Manichetti, and then it became a Bon Jovi. <laughs> and then it, uh, that's the Dave Manichetti, he's in uh, Y&T. Then it became a Bon Jovi. Then it, uh, then I was going for the Bloss Elias uh, slaughter look. And oh, I like I It was never that. that cool, but it was... My graduation from Berkeley pictures, it was... His hair was long, though. Yeah, yeah hair he was really beautiful. long, yeah. Yeah, his, he was the coolest in my. Opinion. Did you was your hair permed or was that natural? Perm, that natural no, it was permed. Yeah, permed. Uh, Mark had a perm. I don't was think that? Mark had a Mark. I don't think Mark. I don't know if he had a perm. No, I, I believe Mark may have had a perm. It, 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 in I know his he lifetime. did in high school. I know I did. I know he did in like high school. Oh. Okay. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a good perm either. <laughs> we got to ask Mark to dig out some perm photos, but Mark, Mark has the best hair. He's always worried about like, you know, his hair, but he's never yeah. going to lose his hair. He's got great hair. He's got um, good hair. He is, when, when you can grow bangs as long as he does, this is called, yeah. this is the hair segment I'm talking about. <laughs> bangs as long as he can. Sorry. That is, that's a, the key <laughs> to success because all the people on the hair club for men's site wishes they could grow, yeah. grow bangs. You know, I know, can, right? You know? No, he did. At least have some bangs. So that that's, uh, I mean, then I don't know what you're calling, but or they would be called. I don't know if bangs, right? Bangs, they, they're, they're can you, can you see what that says? 
It says cheers. Is that handwritten on there? No. Uh, it's just cheers. 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 I I'm classy. I'm classy. I drink out of plastic cups. Yeah, but did you, is that, so did that plastic come, uh, cup come with the word cheers written on it? It did. Oh. You know, we had, did we have, uh, what was the last party we had? What was it? Uh, oh, for your 50th. Yeah. For Mark's Birthday. 50th. I think I yeah. I bought a bunch of these for the, for, do you want oh, your, cool. your chair back? Was that the party oh. that... Uh, I th- yeah, that was the one where Mike Lincoln and Bernie Montvalikit was um, having a, more of a, a good time than he normally does. Because Mike usually doesn't drink that much, and he was he was. Oh no, you, you did. Oh, that was two. Yeah, years that ago. was a while ago. This this is a recent one. Yeah, you guys were oh. too, out in California. Oh heck, right, we were on tour, so we missed that party. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, I think you're thinking of the party where the morning after I opened our dishwasher and there was a giant divot of grass in our dishwasher. How did that happen? Exactly. It was a good party. That was That's great. <laughs> so, that was great. Speaking of that, I remember uh, Hollywood, uh, formerly uh, Shermie Sheldon was there. Right, Mark? Yep, yep, definitely. So, guys, for, for Facebook people who do not know, who do not, I, you know what? I made fun of a few people on television who had, uh, you know, not to their face, but who had uh, mishaps with technical stuff and not saying the right thing. And, and guess what? I am paying for that tonight because many times tonight I've not been able to say what I wanted to say and we've had technical problems. So guess what? I, I'm getting well, a taste of my own medicine. What, what were the technical problems? You mean just with Dukes? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's the only technical problem. So I think we did pretty good with the technical stuff tonight. I just don't think I uh, it, it was as eloquent as I could have been. And it has nothing to do with drinking. I think the problem is that I haven't been drinking enough. <laughs> I think I need to have more. I'm I'm not as good when I'm perfectly straight. I mean, I'm kidding around. No, there's something to be said for that. It's a little more laid back, right? Right. But certainly, when you have, it's hard to get a rhythm going when you are having technical difficulties. And when someone right. keeps on freezing and you keep on losing a word here or there, it's right. difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we pulled off Rob's interview great, though. I think we did a good job. Uh, Mark, I, can, do we still have time for the brush with greatness segment? Um. Yeah. I'm, you, you want to sit down? Sure. Sure. Well, Emily, you don't have to leave. You can. You can both sit down. Pull up a chair. Emily. Uh, I did want to. I. I don't know if we have. Emily, I don't want you to leave. I want you to uh, bring it. Seat oh in my there. God, look stay. at me in my yoga pants. That nice Dio shirt. On, on the near the anniversary of poor Ronnie James Dio. Let's let's quickly see if we can read some comments here, though. Uh, okay, that's a good idea. I just want to see. You want me to help you? Where's my I'm phone? trying to go to the actual stream. Yeah, I'm Because there's 190 stream. comments. So uh, let's just take a quick look. I love those little bastards, Bert Gabriel says. I don't know. A metal Darth Vader, <laughs> Shauna Jones. Um, looking if there's any actual questions. Now, it won't let me scroll back through the comments. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think that's a Facebook Live thing. Yeah. So I guess we don't really have any. But here's the thing. I haven't updated mine in a while, so maybe I can look at old comments. Uh, um, let's see here. I'm going to get my phone. Oh, we got 202 comments. That's a lot. 
Yeah, let definitely. Me, let me say uh, a special thanks. But yeah, to I can do, uh, yeah, a brush with greatness, sure. We, we want to. Okay, I want to, right now, I, I pressed the oh, button the showing me some of the people who commented. Right before we get into that, I just want to um, give a shout out to Shauna Jones, who we know from uh, the uh, MTV library. Uh, Dave Arnold, who worked with us on Talking Metal. Uh, of course, Bert Gabriel. Um, on the Fuse David Show, Craig, yeah. David Craig Ellis, who is one of the greatest musicians that I've met in New York. Uh, Johnny Z, Jerry Vick, Patty Baylog, my aunt. Uh, John Oralema, Kevin Riley, Kyle Gunderson, and 196 more. So thanks to all of you guys for tuning in tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And again, please subscribe to the Talking Metal Podcast on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. And uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel. A big thanks to all the other sites that support us, like Blabbermouth uh, randomly picked up our interview with uh, Eric Turner. I, I didn't even send it to him. They, they must subscribe cool. to the YouTube page. So, so big thanks to everyone out there who supports us. Um, and yeah, weird stuff. You all right? Yeah, but I'm hearing like a strange thing. You know what? I got it. My mic wasn't on. I think when I got oh, up to do oh, yeah, something, I forgot, to, yeah. I forgot to put oh, the mic better. on. Yeah, much better. Cool. All right. Sorry cool. about that, people. So we got we got about like 10, 15 minutes left. Uh, what do you want yeah. to do? So let's okay. Let's do the uh, brush with greatness segment. Um, so this time, uh, Mark, I'm going to ask you to tell me about a brush and I'm going to turn yeah. by the, some yeah. other. And like I said to you before the show, because I know uh, you could, if you pick any person, I will try to relate it to, uh, okay. a, a brush. I'm going to pick two people. Okay. okay. I'm going to yeah, go for it. Miscellaneous people that I swear to God, I'll see if I can to connect each other. a brush with greatness to them. Yeah. By the way, this is um, resin, I'm, resin, okay. uh, beer. Oh. Good. Six points, Good. very good. Nine percent alcohol. So, the brush with greatness. I'm going to throw out two different people. One okay. is a musician, and one is an actor. Okay. 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 Musician, Elton John, actor or actress, Drew Barrymore. So let's see if you have a story about either of those right. people or both. Yeah. Um. I I yeah I do so. Uh, Drew Barrymore, I met her with, with my friend. His name was Tim Donnelly, and uh, he now- I remember is, Tim Donnelly. Yeah, he, he actually now does some big concert down in Asbury Park every year. But he was wow. this kind of interesting guy. He worked at VH1 with me, but he seemed to know everybody. Like, we'd go into- you know, he was he was more like from the like alternative grunge world, like, you know, all that great 90s music. Like we'd go, he'd be like, oh, yeah, come with me and we'll hang out. And then he'd be like, well, we pop into CBGB's is like, Mark, this is the guys from Social D and they'd be hanging out. Or he'd be wow. like, uh, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Eddie Better just uh, called me and uh, <laughs> you know, I got I just got a fax. Look at this fax I just got. And it's like a, a handwritten fax from like, uh, you know. Perry Farrell. Um, <laughs> so he knew everyone and he took me to this party. It was a closed party, invite only at Don Hills. And wow. one of my favorite Lollapalooza venues. had been going on. So it was a Lollapalooza party for just the bands and the people working. So we got in um, and Drew Barrymore had been uh, in New York City 
uh, at the time, and she had. You telling the Drew Barrymore story yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, per John's request. Um, <laughs> and and so um, she had been uh, on Letterman, and she did this crazy dance for Letterman where she flashed Letterman. And then she had been in page six. They said she had been dancing at Billy's topless. Oh, uh, that, hey, I, FYI, just a, what they call a sidebar. You remember Lancito? Judge uh, Lancito? OJ trial? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he invented the word sidebar. This is a sidebar. Um, some of those great Roy's Baby, which was the band that Mark and I were in uh, a long time ago, um, some of those uh, songs were written after Mark and I uh, were at Billy's. Oh, yeah. And there was one person at Billy's that really liked the, that, the song um, Twisted Valiant. And I remember right. this was an employee of Billy's, if you know what I mean. And um, she said, I like that through the ice and rain and snow, that lyric. Yeah. I haven't so, listened to that song in a long time. I should That's a that great out. song. Twisted Valiant, uh, Roy's Baby. Uh, yeah, no one knows what we're talking about when we talk yeah, about it. It's a great Roy's song. Baby, it, it was a band John and I had at one point. We recorded okay. some stuff. So anyways, uh, Barry yeah, so we're at Don Hills and, um, and uh, Drew Barry, the, the band Hole was there. Uh, among Courtney Love. Yeah, among all everyone, like Dave Navarro and all these other people were there. Uh, and uh, so that guy, Tim Donnelly, who I was with, um, we were hanging out and he started uh, a conversation with Drew Barrymore, who was there. And she was uh, dating the guy from Hole at the time. Um, and and it, when I, the, the other thing is, when I came into Don Hills, because I had like long hair, a bunch of people came up to me and they thought I was the guy from, from Hull. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> that, not great. a bunch, but there were like two people who thought I was the guy from Hull, which I don't think I looked anything like him. I will have to look it up. But anyways, so then we started talking with Drew. He was talking with Drew Barrymore and, and I said uh, something to her. I said, Oh, well, I said you were in page six the other day. They said you were at Billy's, uh, uh, topless, and and she was like, "Oh yeah, I, I know they 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 were reporting on that." And then I and I said, "Oh, and then you gave Letterman quite a dance the other night, or whatever." And she was like, "Oh, yeah." And she said that, and then she then she um, had a like a sweatery type of thing on, and she just uh, basically flashed us. Opened her and she had no bra and opened her 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 thing and she smiled and then she walked away. That that's the extent of wow. the story. That's a great yeah. story. Wow, yeah. you're very worried. Yeah, tying into the Charlie's Angels. Wasn't she in Charlie's Angels? Uh, one. Yes. Yeah, that was years. That would have been years together. Yeah, that would have been years after that. I'm trying to think if I have any Charlie's Angel stories. No, I have. I Suzanne Summers could have been a Charlie's Angel, but. Uh, yeah. You say something. I was gonna. What was that topless bar that the three of us went to, like together in New York City in Hell's Kitchen? That was pri- uh, no, oh. no private eyes. Was it by Was it by Port Authority or something? I think yeah, I thought you were the one you're. T- that was what was it? It was like a bikini it bar. Tables. It was small. No, no, no. And it had tables. Yeah, yeah. No, this was Private Eyes, which. At the time we went, that was when there was a, a legal uh, thing going on where 
uh, strip bars couldn't be in certain areas. So they had to, they had to completely change the vibe of private eyes to a completely different vibe. We were food. Yes. No, yeah, after remember. okay, we went to an adult um convention. <laughs> remember that? Right. Oh, right. oh no, right. that was not private eyes. That wasn't private no, eyes. No, no, we went this is what that was. Evan Seinfeld of right. Biohazard had invited us and what was his wife at the time? Tara Patrick. Tara, Tara Patrick. Patrick had she invited us great to come start. To an adult um, convention. Oh, that right. might have been Rick's Cabaret. Rick's Cabaret. Yes, Rick's Cabaret. Yeah, that was it. That yes. was Cabaret. It was. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And I remember yeah. being, I was at a table with you two, and I think they had food and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And Rick's then Cabaret. We, were, we were getting up to leave, and these guys at the table next to us tapped me on the shoulder, and they're like, Come here for a second. Come here for a second. Are you with, are you with those guys? Are you right? Those two dorks, like you're no, just on chicken. No, but I think oh. they thought I was a hooker, so I don't know what they thought. <laughs> I was yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah, no, you know what? The story I was thinking of, I think that was uh, Rob Fiorentino. That was uh, the private eyes. But right, um, well, and if that, I have a picture of you at the adult film convention because do you remember a guy named Tyler Fire? Yes, he now, was Tyler like a, Fire a, a was at member. That, Right. Yeah, he was at the 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 convention and he lifted you up. And I have a picture of you <laughs> him holding you. Now Tyler Fire was a freak show guy who like breathed yeah, fire and ran Brooklyn. a freak show. And then we saw him at Ozfest because oh, yeah. Sharon had hired them to tour on Ozfest. And we went in there and I said hi to him. And then right at that moment. I, I, you think you were there too? Sharon came in. Yeah, Sharon Osborne came in to the, the tent. tent. Yeah. And I actually somewhere have a picture of that too. Cause I, I yeah. somehow <laughs> snapped a picture of, of Sharon uh, and Tyler fire and the, the burlesque dancers yeah. or something. Did he do yeah. stuff at Coney Island? Tyler? Yes. Yeah, Tyler yeah. fire did stuff at Coney yeah. Island. And yeah. here's the crazy thing that adult, film convention was bringing it back to 2020 at the Jacob Javits Center where the COVID hospital was. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, right. man. So, yeah. See that? We okay. go from oh, yeah. our dog's barking and our kids to, are trying to sleep, so I don't to, know. Uh, Jacob Javits and uh, COVID uh, beds. So that's what we did. Right. There Back you in the go. day. Okay, you didn't you didn't uh touch on the second question I had. The Elton John uh, story, Elton John. uh my brush with greatness on Elton John uh is r- real simple. I was working with RuPaul. This is in 96, I believe. It sounds about right, 96, and I basically um there was the the VH1 Fashion Awards uh and I was working uh, the press tent and Ru- RuPaul, basically what would happen is when the stars would walk down the, the red carpet, they would pull them into the press tent and I would have to quickly, I don't even, I guess it would have been, uh, I had notes on, on people who were going to be there and, and we didn't know who was going to come in. So I'd have to quickly go to RuPaul and go in his ear and say, Okay, this band you're about to interview, they're called Garbage, and the singer is from Scotland, and the rest of the guys are from Wisconsin, and the the drummer produced the big Nirvana record and Smashing Pumpkin, and I'd have to, and RuPaul would have no idea who he's talking to, and I remember he turned to the Garbage guys, he was like, 
Wisconsin cheeseheads, you know, like, and, and like, like he had everything he could have talked to them about. And, and he was talking about the, that they were from Wisconsin. Uh, and, and so anyways, there, it was just star after star after star coming into the, the press tent. And, um, it was, it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun that night. Um, but I remember my other duty besides telling RuPaul what, what Her was, what was, uh, you know, who, who she was about to interview. I had to, um, put microphones on people sometimes. And there are those little lavaliers. Like this one, like, yeah, this like kind of have. a microphone. So the, basically the best place to post a, a you know, pit, clip a lavalier is right on the collar. So I, I Elton John came into the press tent and I said, uh, uh, I, he was waiting because it was basically, a, you know, Gru was interviewing somebody else before Elton. And I said, I, I said, hey, Elton, it's a, you know, it's an honor to meet you. And I was, you know, really starstruck by Elton John. I said, Elton, I have to clip a mic on you. I, I said, so I, I'm going to have to reach in your shirt a little bit. And I went in with the, the clip mic and he, he grabbed my hand like this. And he said, now, he, in, in a very gay way, he said, be careful where you clip that mic. And he started laughing, this sinister laugh. like. <laughs> so I don't know what that meant. Like if I was wow. going to clip it's it on nipple. his nipple or Nipples. something, but you know, um, but, but, Come on. but yeah, that, that, that was my uh, brush with greatness with uh, Elton John. So, well, you had two great brush. With Give me another. Yeah. Any other names? Okay. Like, just but uh, not, not a story I've told you. Give me any other, just uh, any okay. random gonna, person. Okay. Let me think of a random person. Um, actor or musician? Either sports star, musician, actor, Jay politician. Leno. Jay Leno. Well, Jay Leno. I met. I have a picture of him, which I've posted on Facebook uh, in San Francisco at a private uh, event. I got to see Jay Leno do stand up. Also, probably in '96. Come to think of it, um, and. You know, he was already the host of the Tonight Show, but he did this private event, and he just he just killed it. You know, and he was. And he said he was dirty. He, was dirty. he wasn't. He wasn't dirty, but he was dirtier than he would have been on the Tonight Show. Um, and oh, uh, yeah, I thought was, you meant dirty, like as in like not physically clean. No, no like his, his, his jokes were a little, yeah. a little, you know. Um, a little, yeah, a little bit more so than he could have gone on on television. And we got to meet him afterwards. He was very cool. Got a picture with him. Um, this is like pre cell phone days, you know, 1996. Uh, extremely, extremely funny guy. And I, I'll, I'll admit, I was always a Letterman guy. Uh, you know, as far as the sh who I'd watch at night, but he his stand up i had new respect for him cuz he just brought the house down he was so funny and he was so wow. personable and such a nice guy that uh, i really came to uh respect him and and start to watch his show after that and uh, wow what a, what an amazing uh career he had you know conan yeah, no, and Dave no doubt about it or my favorite yeah conan was great i like all those guys i actually like all all of the people that we're talking about. Uh, you know who I think was an amazing talent and, and no one could dispute this, but I have a specific story. I, it wasn't uh, that up close and personal, but um, I, Mark, you might even have been with me or this could have been the year before, but I was out in Vegas for VH1 Rock Honors and I was in the arena 
during what, what was a sound check. And Robin Williams, who was, uh, I believe, hosting that year, okay. just went up on stage. They brought him up on stage. And he just ad-libbed about like a 15, 20-minute bit. Like completely ad-libbed. And it was amazing. Just for the crew. And and I'm so sorry that whatever was happening to him was uh, that bad that uh, it ended the way it did. But uh, right. that was something that this wasn't like something he planned and, you know, where there's a script and you kind of have like a little idea of what you're going to do. This was just Robin Williams winging it just for the heck of it because he was standing up there waiting for them to get like do a sound check and he was that cool. So uh, that was just something that I was lucky enough to, to witness in my lifetime. He was, he was one of my first crushes. Wow. Mark and Mindy. Yep. Mark. I, Mark. I, I love that show. Oh and you God. know what the coolest thing is, is that in Mark and Mindy, I believe it was her father owned a music store. Ah, I sort of remember that. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know like where my favorite thing, music stores. But. So Mork, Mork got his start on Happy Days. Do you remember that? Right, right. Yeah, Richie mm-hmm. Cunningham had like a... a I how I missed that. Yeah, R- Richie Cunningham had a space invader, like an alien encounter, <laughs> and it was Mork landed like <laughs> oh, in his That's amazing. Yard. Yeah, that yeah. is so cool. But the Mork greatest thing about... Mork Bernie Shirley. Those were the shows. Oh, I and, love those and, shows. Uh, Bernie Shirley... Uh, Chachi, Lo- Joni loves Chachi. I never loves watched Chachi. that. I, I watched a couple watched episodes. Ever. I feel like there may have been one, one other. I, I'm not sure, but uh, of like the pairs, like uh, of Mark the and Mindy and Laverne and Shirley, and oh, of the Happy right. Day spinoffs. Yeah, I mean, I could. Yeah, I could I, and you know, I really like uh, one thing. My friend Mitch Weissman, I believe, was on Joni Loves Chachi, and I believe Vinnie Vincent wrote music for that show. I could. That, that is that is true. I I, I true. seem to remember that. Yeah. And um, what? Oh, uh, you know who I really like? Lenny and Swiggy. They, they didn't have their oh, own yeah. show, yeah. but uh, they were part of Laverne they and Shirley. And of course, um, Michael McKeon. Um, yeah. Uh, of course, Spinal Tap. And uh, I had a, you know, this brush was greatness was supposed to be about Mark, but I, I had a brush with um, uh, Spinal Tap a couple of different times, and uh, it was really great. I, I met uh, Michael McKeon, Lenny. Um, <laughs> In makeup, you know, in Spinal Tap character with the wig and everything. How cool is that? And I told them that I would, because they they had a problem with all their drummers passing away, that I said if they ever need a guy, they should call Astronomy, and I would be the drummer. And I showed them a picture of me with with one of those, um, uh, it was one of my female counterparts, uh, and uh, (laughs) they asked if uh, if she was Did she have big boobs? She, she did. She, they, they, well, they all did. So, so what did they say, John? <laughs> what was that? What did they? What did he say? He just asked if he goes. We'll consider you if it's a package deal. Like if right. it's you and the girl, you right. get more chance of doing it. But if it's just right. you, it's not that good. Right. <laughs> there you go. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna start to wrap it up here, and uh, you know, how are we doing you, on the show tonight? Uh, yeah, we're dropping off with the viewers a little bit. Twenty-one people watching, so not not a heck oh, of a cool. lot. But we we had like sixty at the beginning or something. So oh, that's good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know, don't some people watch it, rewatch it later. 
Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. It goes it out as a podcast. And then also and people it, continue to watch it on Facebook uh, at a later time because it still appears in the different feeds. And then we share it with a bunch of feeds. Right. And um, everybody who's been on will share it. And, and do you want to end with a song for the podcast version, John? Yes. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything. Um, if I did, I'm going to be bummed out. But uh, let's see. Uh, if I have anything, I have notes now, people. I have uh, notes, um, and uh, I think I've gotten everything. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we did the uh, kiss mask. Thanks again, <laughs> Christina. COVID. <laughs> I, I'm not making light of COVID, friends, um, and uh, anyone who's watching that may or may not be a friend. Uh, I'm friends with everybody, but you know who knows. Uh, but sometimes I make little jokes and, and that was one COVID. But anyway, so I did the mask. I did the beer stein. I did the can of beer. Um, want to make sure that everybody goes out and buys a zoom. I mean, a dash vodka. I keep dash saying vodka. zoom because we're doing a zoom. Uh, we should, zoom and I, dash. we're actually, um, advertising for zoom because it says zoom on the bottom of the screen, but, but dash firm. vodka is awesome. They're both verbs that need to move quickly. Yes, zoom and dash. So you're right. You're correct. You guys, you go. I, I still got. I think I'm going to have to send you that zoom unless unless we can get together at some point. No, you gave. I me mean, z- dash, dash. Time, I was. We were at your apartment right before COVID. Yeah, it was like started. the weekend before the weekend this before. happened. Yeah. yeah. So, and I remember. I think you gave me a little taste of that dash, and it was delicious. It's amazing. Yes. And um, it's, it's really some of the, I, you t- I tasted it too. And it's some of the best vodka you can get for sure. Thank you guys. Yeah. 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 It, it's awesome. It's awesome. And thanks to Hank and Rennie Reeves of Texas and uh, the whole gang at the dash compound. <laughs> so it's going to be good. <laughs> All right. All right. So who, who do we want to get for next week? Because we have nobody. So, yeah. We, we, we um, I, I have some ideas. So we need, we need to, I want to get somebody big. I want to get somebody like real big. I'm trying to think. I like the kid. He was good with the first. Jason was, was Jason great. Hart- Jason was so good. What's his Jason name? Heartless. Hart- Jason Hartless. Hartless. Yeah. He's, you got to go watch those YouTube videos uh, or the Facebook videos that I'm telling you about where he's playing. Um, he is just insane. Uh, right. Watch the one that's the, from the Toto. It's like a, they do a cover song of uh, this guy named David Page. He's the keyboard player for Toto. He must have had some kind of fusion side project, and it, the song is called E Minor Shuffle. Um, okay. That is just insane. I mean, these musicians are like great, but it's rocking. It's ro- it's jazzy, fusiony, but it's rocking, and it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we should reach out to some of the great guests that we've had on the podcast, like uh, of course Rob Helford of Judas Priest. You guys, did you hear the music, Mark, today? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I I finally did it right. So that theme song, of course, was Rob Halford of Judas Priest on vocals, Metal Mike on guitar. I believe Roy Z was on that. Yeah. And uh, so I think we should reach out to Rob Halford of Judas Priest and see if he would uh, want to come on and give us an update on how he's doing. So that's that's my vote. Could happen. You never know. You never know. He's been, yeah. he has a good sense of humor, man. He's been doing some fun yeah. posts. I bet he'd come on. I mean, right. we, we hung, Rob Halford came to um, 
our radio show uh, when we did yeah. it at uh, on 37th Street and Broadway. Yeah. And believe it or not, I, I mean, we had so many stories. You met with Rob Halford at a hotel once uh, during a TV taping. Um, right. I actually met with Rob Halford at the Astro Diner on... Yeah, we were there too. Emily, I'm, oh, yeah. you guys were that? Yeah, oh. yeah, we were. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got a photo of us. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm right. so stupid. Well, did like, we get a picture together? Because I have a picture. I think with you Rob. have, yeah, yours is separate. Yes, yeah. yeah, we we have, I have a pic, that picture, Mark, is on the wall, my wall. Like, uh, yeah, uh, and, and um, yeah, we so, ate like, pie. We he had pie. He had, he had pie. He, oh, I don't remember when people had, he had pie. I sat next to him and I was so impressed because I love pie and he had like apple pie or cherry pie. So it must have been a booth with me and Mark on one side and you and Rob Halford and Jesus Priest on the other yeah. side. How Sounds crazy right. is that? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. You know who we, I know we're trying to wrap this up guys, but uh, you know, I'm having a fun time. Uh, you know who else we had dinner with, Mark? Um, down right across the street from the World Trade Center, we had a dinner with um, Brian Head, Welsh of it corn. Breakfast. It was breakfast. Oh, breakfast. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was <laughs> in the morning. It was in the morning. Yeah. Breakfast, dinner, same thing. And for some reason, I remember butternut squash soup. And now I don't know if he yeah. had that or if it was just on the menu, but maybe it was a brunch. Yeah. Is this he was, so is he the say is he like born again Christian? Yeah, he's back yeah. in corn now. He was out yeah, of corn yeah. at he's that time. He's back in corn. Yeah. I think we have tickets Christian. to see corn yeah. uh in September, which has not yet canceled, but we'll see. And coincidentally, Rob Dukes was talking about Mike Patton. Faith No More is also on that bill. So we'll see yeah. if that oh, happens. Oh, wow. And we, we were lucky enough to meet Mike Patton. Remember that? Yeah, Mike Patton was amazing. Met with him in a toy store on Melrose Place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to do you know the story behind that? Because we we had an interview with Mike Patton booked and it got canceled for some reason. And then Mike Davis was sitting by Mike Patton at a basketball game the night before. And he said, hey, man, you got to come and do this interview. So we rescheduled it for the next day. Right. Right. How yep. cool is that? I, I, I sort of forgot that. Davis. But yeah. But yeah, Mike Davis. Um, yeah, we should re I was thinking I should reach out to, to Mike. I, I wanted to ask Mike's wife a question about mm -hmm. an album. Uh, Mike's wife is Kim, and she is what, like manager of the of, the Pantera of what estate, Pantera? I would say. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So the power metal record, um, which was the album before Cowboys from Hell is off the market unavailable. Now that I believe was the first album with Phil um, on, okay. on vocals. And I've interviewed both. I mean, we've interviewed Vinny and I've interviewed Rex and I've interviewed Phil and I I've definitely asked Rex and Phil about that record because it's not available. Uh, and it's wow. now like, like bootlegs of it are going for thousands of dollars. Everybody, you know, is downloading it illegally and both Phil and, um, Rex basically said, yeah, it should be released. They told me that, you know, it, it wow. Phil actually spoke really highly of the record. He said it was more of like a Judas Priest vibe for us, you know, um, and, uh, what's, what's wrong? Straight She's straightening out the, the dog photos. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and so 
I like that, Emily. Yeah, it, it looks good. And FYI, I just want to start. I'm sorry, Mark. Emily, the one on the other side needs a little tweak. I know. It's <laughs> yeah. The, what? That one. Here, I'm trying to talk metal, and you guys are. I know. Are, we're talking about photos. We're anal retentive. So I, I yes. wanted to ask Kim, and I'll finish this since, since the, the, we're, we're about out of steam here, but why why isn't that album released like why can't we stream it on apple music and spotify and if if phil and rex don't have a problem with it um and and dimes playing he at that time was diamond daryl uh on the record right. before he mm -hmm. became dimebag and i was he, I, I believe was he dime i believe he was dime diamond daryl on cowboys from hell too and it, but i, I believe I, so i, I, I might, yeah, might be I, wrong about that i first knew him as diamond daryl before he became i mean not personally but before right. he became dimebag and then i was of course lucky enough to meet him at an Ace Frehley show um, at the at what was studio 54 at the time it was called the ritz but it was studio 54 so that was amazing remember that classic photo yeah, yeah, I do. A great photo of John and uh, Dimebag Daryl taken by Lydia Chris, I believe, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I love Lydia Chris. Lydia Chris was, of course, uh, uh, the first wife of Peter Chris. And um, Lydia is just amazing. And, and I can't say enough great things about Lydia Chris. She, she is so smart and uh, she's a great photographer and she, she does a ton of other business stuff. And uh, she's just super cool. And yeah. Mark, John, so many the, stories. I feel like we could go on with the stories all night. We can night go long. on forever. I mean, we, I I mean can, Mark, we could, we could tell live. Lydia stories for like the next hour. Yeah, you used to live with uh, Mark Striegel. Used to live in, in uh, part of Lydia's apartment. Yeah, I rented a, uh, a room from her uh, for about three months. It was only three months. But oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah and then but, didn't the guy from Space Hulk, who's married to Liv Tyler? take over for you or you took over for him? No, he, he had lived there previous to me. Oh, yeah, he, okay. he had rented the room previous as well as some other people. But Is yeah. he still married to Liv Tyler? Oh, I can't imagine. Space Hog. Uh, no, 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 no. Royston? Yeah, yeah Royston. divorced, I think, yeah. They're, they're oh, okay. way divorced, like 10 Royston. years ago. I'm screaming. You know, I've, you know, I've never seen, and this has nothing to do with Space Hog, but uh, but it, it popped into my head, and I saw a post that you commented on something that Nikki Seven of Emily's band and my old band, Cherry Red, and Emily's band, The Minks, posted a picture uh, from a Muse concert. Oh, right. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. a great show, yeah. Oh, my God. And I've never seen that band, and I oh, love that. They're always great live. So you like the band? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, we've never spoke about it, but the the couple of those songs um, that I know of, uh, I think, are amazing. And the you whole crowd, you yeah, the whole crowd was live. bouncing around. You yeah, that was at Webster time. Hall before it closed down in the main wow. big stage room, and the yeah. whole thing oh. was like I, I was afraid I that was club afraid was going to collapse i thought we were wow. all going to die i was really nervous i was like moving man back. what year was that but that know. was three years ago three four, oh, four wow. years ago. because yeah. well so no they've been playing arenas i would say four but yeah. they did it was a one-off lottery show that they did uh, that's what i was gonna say a small show like that yeah. that's it's amazing because they've, been, they've been playing arenas for years now right they played like, the garden before but yeah, yeah. it was like a warm-up oh, yeah. show or something no like, it was a special treat it was a special treat i mean the last few times we've seen them have been in arenas and stadiums so i mean 
And but the first show I ever saw them was Hammerstein. Not Hammer. Was it Hammerstein? Yeah, Hammerstein. Yeah. yeah wow. So, but that was ten years ago, and then they oh, they escalated very quickly yeah. to arenas. Speaking yeah. of bands that do, do arenas, and this, uh, I have a ticket to see Ramstein at. Uh, it's canceled. Uh, that I thought the European tour was canceled. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Then. So I don't think the U.S. tour has been canceled yet. So I've got tickets at what's this called? MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I got tickets too. We, yep. Oh, yeah, we, we yeah, have so tickets. Yeah. If if yeah. Uh, if that doesn't get canceled, uh, that'll be a concert we're going to. Now, I I have to say that unless something really drastically happens between now and September, I I don't know. I mean, Jersey. That's one of the states. I think things are going to be the last two places. I think a stadium concert is going to happen is Jersey or New York. And so yeah. I, I don't know. It's discouraging. We'll see. Yeah. It changes day by day. You know, no one can I predict can't take it first. anymore. I can, yeah. Okay. Emily, you're a scientist and a rocker. What uh, am I allowed to ask your opinion or not? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear it though, because here's the deal. Yeah. I've been the whole time. I've been like, you know, like saying like, uh, don't worry, school will be opened in another two weeks. They're going to send the kids back to school. And she would be like, no, they're not. And I'd be like, get all mad. And I'd be like, hey, M3 is happening in September. She's like, no, it's not. No, you know, we're, okay. we're still going to yeah. see Rage Against the Machine. And so I have to say that every prediction that I've made, which is, has been optimistic, optimistic, I feel like uh, his, my, my hope has slowly dimmed. So now, mm-hmm. and, and where's... Emily, for the most part, has been pretty spot on about things um, wow. with her predictions. But I was also. So, having said that, I don't know that you want to hear her predictions. I don't know you right, want to hear my right, predictions either. Right. Are you allowed I, to say your predictions, Emily, or no? Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean. Okay, tell I mean, me. Okay. August concerts with Ace that Like It is opening up for happening or not? Not in this area. Not in this area? I think it, yeah. de- it's going to depend on the state. Because I can tell you that... Our, what state? Uh, well, I can tell PA you... PA in Ohio. Uh, no. Ohio's not in great... No, Ohio's been a little Ohio's bit, declining. They're though. declining, but they've been a hot spot. And any place that's been a hot spot is going to see a secondary spike, probably similar to the first. I hope that doesn't happen. I, I pray that doesn't happen. But we might see it, but it probably won't be until... December time frame is that's my mm. prediction. This is just my prediction. Right. So, so I could be totally the, wrong. Okay, here's not. the thing. I rented this video, you know, not an actual tape, but on demand of a movie, and I think it was called Contagion with um not. Oh, don't Pitt, watch that. that guy. It's awful. Yeah, that movie's terrifying. What's that guy's name? Uh, he's from Boston or something. He's not Brad Pitt, and he's not Ben Affleck, but he's the other one, uh, Matt Damon. Mark, well, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. He was in it. And I think Gwyneth Paltrow was in it. So here's the deal. I never heard of this bats doing something and people getting diseases from bats, but I, apparently in Contagion it happened. They mentioned social distancing. So I thought somebody just made this up like in December. This has been out for a while, this term social distancing. So what, what the heck is good? Why are we, uh, Emily, I'm asking this as a scientist. You know, we're living for how many ever years the world's been out? I'm going to see if anybody's actually watching this anymore. Yeah, and, and what the heck is, why are we having this suddenly? What's going on with that? Well, if you look at, if you look at the history, this isn't, this isn't like this just 
happened for the first time. You know, okay. the, the Spanish flu was, we've had a lot of pandemics and we've had a lot of diseases that have ravaged, ravaged beyond what COVID has. If you look at like smallpox and, you know, a lot of diseases that ravaged us, it's fairly recent. It just so happens that we haven't seen anything in maybe a hundred years this bad, right? Okay. So I, I wouldn't say it's coming out of the blue, number one. Number two, diseases moving from animal to human is not a new phenomenon. It, it is not. This is how a lot okay. of things, and the, and the biggest one I can tell you about is, is HIV. HIV moved, the first time they saw it in humans, moved from a, a chimpanzee to a, to a human. So uh, moving from a bat to, and we don't even know if it came from directly from a bat or if it came from another, through a bat to another animal to a human. It's not unheard of. So people saying, oh, this is, this is total, you know, biological warfare, whatever. Right. It's not, it's, it's, it's it, not, it, it's it, not, right. un, viruses, you know, bats carry like a hundred different viruses that could just slaughter all of us and it doesn't affect them but when it finds its way to us it will be a pandemic and so. by the way guys out of the four people who are currently watching yes. john simpson is one of them hi john. <laughs> john simpson. Hi john simpson. No, there's like i think about 20 people watching hi, right now but we're, no. we're kind of dwindling. Hey, no, this no, is no, some no. uh useful information emily i really think this is great continue on, well, no, continue no, on. and all i can say to john simpson right now is i'm sorry <laughs> no one wants I'm to happy. hear me talk about no virus. no no, no it's just no no, no it's true. Have to watch we're not forcing people to watch this this is just this is us like, having a conversation right yeah we're just hanging no, this is like a private call that we're broadcasting mark, mark hears me talk about this every day he's like shut her up already just no, zroop, zroop. No, no, and everyone else is like she's a scientist what like everyone's like yeah I work in. I no, work, she she I, is a scientist, absolutely correct. Yeah. So here's. I just want to circle back around uh, to last week, John. Uh, I hear bells. Is that me or you guys? No, that's John. Sim that's John in. Simpson uh, texting me, saying I just tuned in. <laughs> Hi, John. Um, Let me see you. I want to circle back around to last week, uh, John. Is there any chance once we get through all this that? you could really make that Bruce Ace tour happen? Because I think that's oh. that's good money for everyone, a tour with Bruce Kulick and Ace Frehley huh. together. Like Bruce plays a set and then Ace plays a set or vice versa, whatever. I right. think that would be absolutely uh, amazing. And I think that would really bring out the fans. More for your uh, money. Yeah, I really do think that that would be a big hit. Two for two for it's i could definitely i mean if anybody can make it happen i can make it happen for sure right hold no i can make it happen i just have to you know when when you put a tour like that together you you have to there's a yeah i mean there's any tour there's a whole bunch of things that but but i definitely can get the spark going to uh to do something like that and in what it what it takes is it takes um like basically just it has, here's how it would work a booking agent would have to uh put the word out there that uh, these two bands were interested in doing this and then you'd you'd have to wait to see if offers would come in so right. anybody could go do a tour or say they're going to do a tour no matter what what usually happens is you you want to 
see what promoters are going to pay for it, basically. And uh, so you kind of put the word out there and then you, you wait to see what comes back and then, and then you decide you do it. So, but I, I personally also believe that would be something that I, as a fan would just love to see. And I think it'd yeah. be great. Yeah. And I mean, they're both still playing so well, you know, it's, it's like, I, I just think that that would be, be great. And That'd be a uh, great film. as a kiss yeah. fan, I would love to see that, but John, we're going to, let's wrap it. You, let's, we got to play okay. a song to take us out. What do you want to play? Okay. I picked that other um, Nugent song. You, you should pick one to end the show. Okay. Um, podcast version only. Podcast version. Okay. Give me a, give me a genre. Oh, <laughs> heavy metal. <laughs> oh, the hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop. Yeah. I'd like to hear. Remember that? Drake? Hey, we had Dukes on earlier. We could do run DMC for real. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's a metalhead. Yeah, no. Remember, I had a remember, Mark. I had a CD in our old apartment. It was called like something from the Illin or something like that. You remember? <laughs> we used to get these CDs from work, and I won't say what work, but we used to have like tons of CDs. I used to have tons yeah. of videotapes. I would go to the trash chute and just dump tapes. <laughs> what I used to do when I worked at VH1 is I'd go around and all the execs would, would they get all these CDs and they'd put them in the hallway on the floor. Right. And that meant they were free game. So yeah, I would yeah. go around and I'd Scoop collect them. them. I'd just take them all. And uh, I'd be like walking back to my desk with like ninety CDs in my. You hand. know what? We we need and to then, hear. We need to hear about Norris. Your conversations with him. What was his name? Not Norris. I don't know. John I Norris. Have no clue who you're talking about. Norris. But Fred um, Norris. Um, I, I so I, I oh Kurt Loder. You mean? Oh no, yeah. it's Kurt Loder. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I would come back to um, my desk with like ninety CDs. And I'd, I'd put them down and I'd take out a couple that I, I wanted or that looked interesting. And then I'd take the rest down to St. Mark's place. Uh, and oh, wow. I'd go to a place oh. called Sounds. Sounds. Right. It was above um, Trash and Vaudeville or correct. below. Uh, below. Below, yeah, yeah. You're correct, yes. Yeah. And, and I would... Or or next to it. It may have... It may, no, it I like, think it was below. No, of. that was Kim's. That was Kim's. Oh, okay. Kim's was below. But trash was two floors, like so Sounds yeah. must have been next to it or something. Yeah, because Sounds, you had to walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but you're you're right. Same little area there. And I would take in all these CDs, and they would, like, go through them, and they'd, like, make two piles, the ones they were going to keep and the ones they weren't. And they'd be like, well, we can't give you any for these. But for these, he'd look it over and be like, $41. It was always like an odd number. <laughs> I think that was, that was, that was like, they say that was there because the odd numbers, like if you, if they would have said 40, you don't believe them. But if they say 41, it sounds more. Yeah. Specific. It sounds more legitimate. Yeah. And I would be like, sure. That's funny. And so he'd give me cash and I'd take it. And that like, that forty bucks. I mean, think about forty bucks in in you know nineteen ninety five. That was a well, lot of think money. Think about he was making seventy or eighty easy. Oh yeah, because he'd resell it. Yeah, and then they 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 give you cash or they give you a little more for tr- for trade store yeah. credit. Yeah, so yeah, but I I, I definitely supplemented my my income as VH1 the as the, yeah the CD garbage. Were they line. were they nicked? Remember how they would nick. The, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, like they, they got like a, little, a stamp on them or something. Yeah, yeah they like have a, a cut out, like a cut out. Yeah. yeah, 
Remember the records? They used to call it a cutout. They had like a physical little thing in it. Right. Yeah. But the CDs would have like a, a little hole punch or something in it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. At, at one point when I decided to get rid of physical CDs, I still have a whole bunch of CDs now, but at one point just in my life, even my Kiss CDs, I, I took them all to a place in Hoboken and they would look them up on like, I think it was Amazon or something and find out what used CDs were going for. And then they'd give you an estimate based on that. And so like you'd drop this stuff off and then they'd say, okay, come back in like two hours and then they'd go through it. And then I, I, I sold every CD I had. Like, wow. Even the kiss ones. Yeah. Even the kiss ones. And, um, because I was like, I'm going all digital. So I sold wow. everything. And now yeah, I have a whole bunch of CDs, but like we have but, hundreds, John, do you even understand thousands. in the yeah. thousands? Oh, like, about 20 wow. feet this way, like mm-hmm. lined up, lined up. I believe it. I be, Between both of you, oh my God. Uh, I believe it. Mark's oh. laughing. He's like, yeah, I try and get rid I'm, I'm pur- I purged all that stuff a long time ago. He's a hoarder. It's okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hoarder. With certain things only. Yeah, yeah. with certain okay. things. With everything. So, Mark, this is an odd <laughs> podcast because we, we're trying to incorporate more of us into it. However, um, we're, we're not, you know... We're not out of we're not out of our minds crazy or anything. So I'm not saying that we should be. You are. But yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like sometimes, um, you know, some of those fun ones. I, you know what I think we need? Talking metal stakeout. COVID right. time. <laughs> COVID stakeout. <laughs> With the masks. Yeah. Let's yeah. do. Let's get on some masks. Let's go down uh, to that uh, waterfall down in uh, Manhattan. Um, in Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. Market, right? And let's look for Axel Rose. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, yep. that was Axel one of the, the greatest ever uh, things that we ever did. I think we need. We, we maybe we make a fake bar where we're social. Dis- I'm tired of social distancing, but I yeah. know. And Emily- that's why I don't even know if I want to stay in this area anymore. It's like I know. I, you know the town of Maplewood, New Jersey. We had like 25 people dead. And then I was looking yeah. at the, and you know, we had 3000 people live here. And then I look at San Diego, California has right. like 1.5 million people and they got like a hundred something dead. It's like yeah. the, right. the math so, doesn't, yeah. I mean, right. 1.5 mm-hmm. million with 130 dead. New England, and then, and then, and New then England has been hit hard period. Yeah. Wow. Well, how do yeah. we explain yeah. that? I don't know. Well, but, yeah, we're not part of New England. Hey, I heard that um, Hong Kong only had four dead. Hong Kong. Yeah, I heard, I yeah. don't know if that's true, but Who knows? it could be. But, yeah. uh, David Asman said that today, but, um, it, it, you know, it's, who knows what numbers are real and what aren't, but the thing is, but I believe these United States numbers. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's just a, about ready to leave like here. the New Jersey, New York area. I'm just yeah, like, Jersey, I'm kind of over it. Here's a sad it's like, thing. It's um, like, you know, people are like, don't move to California. There's, there's earthquakes. Well, okay. But in in New Jersey, we have you know I almost got killed by a tree falling on my house in the hurricanes. Uh, I, I you know nine eleven. Uh, right. You know now this you know New Jersey New York like way above any other place in the country. Right, it's right. like crazy. Way like, above why it. am I why am I paying the highest taxes in the Our country to live in the most <laughs> dangerous place in the world? Right. I mean, people are like, well, you know. I feel like I live in the freaking Afghanistan. It's All right, like, what, what, we, the, what the frick is going on How do you feel I'm moving to Indiana where my family is? Well, uh, nice. Indianapolis. <laughs> I was thinking I more California. More. But, yeah. 
I've always said, we'll go back to Indiana um, someday. I, I could go to Grizzly Adams' way. You remember him? <laughs> Grizzly Adams? Yeah, definitely. Not too far pet, from Indiana. Like yeah. a bear or a dog or something. Right, yeah. And I'll just hang yeah. out there. And right. play uh, yeah. and have some guitars behind me, and then we give you the talking metal podcast. From I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Mark and I would be in California right now if it weren't for our kids. Yeah, and my family's all in New Jersey too, yeah. so I, I right. Yeah, that's right. definitely a yeah. consideration. But um, it's more like it's hard to move your kids once they're established. Once they get established, yeah. yeah, it's really tough. But Mark and I, when Harrison was a baby, like six months old, we said, let's do it now. Let's move to L.A. Right. now, right? Yeah, we were, we've we spoken about it many we times. We were looking, too. yeah. I we just were. now, it's like with all this stuff, it's like, it's like I just remember like 30 years ago, people were like, oh, don't move to California. There'll be an earthquake. Well, guess what? Yeah, there's been some little earthquakes out there. Maybe a few people died through the years. But it's like. New Jersey, we got like 11,000 people dead of COVID-19. It's like yeah. you know, 9-11, freaking 3,000 people murdered. Uh, you know, Hurricane Sandy, I'm almost I'm not laughing at that. I'm, uh, I'm just laughing. It was, yeah, I, I was a, a tree, two trees fell on our house. Almost, almost one fell on me, almost killed Jeez. me. It's like, it's like, so it's like, oh, it's God. like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, and then Essex County is the second highest county for taxes in the country. It's like, well, what? And the schools aren't even that good. I mean, the schools are like mediocre, in my opinion. I'm just like, why? Why am I living? Why am I paying up? so much money to live in the most dangerous place on earth? You know, and I, I know that's a slight exaggeration, but right. you know, I'm just, I'm just talking. Uh, you know, it, it, obviously things are dangerous in the Middle East and stuff, but on the flip side, it's like, Jesus, it's like, what the hell? Get, I, I want to get the hell out of here. I can't take much more of this uh, insanity, but I know it's not insanity, but I, I can't. I don't know how many more weeks I can, you know, just walk around. Well, the, he's, it, he's it's staying. rapidly, he's the governor's in Jersey. He's rapidly, I think even more, more so than New York, he's rapidly loosening the restrictions. So today yeah. he, he's opening new stores, letting like bike shops are now open. Uh, he just announced that you can have outdoor gatherings. Uh, it was 10 people. Now it's 25 people. So in oh, wow. theory, you could have a, you could have a block party tomorrow and have 25 people all hanging out, drinking beer, having a party and they're not, oh, gonna okay. pass, but it has to be outside. So it's I rapidly just, moving in Jersey. I have to That's say good. something. Sure. Like everything that Mark is saying, yes, it's legit. But John, you have to understand, we both lived in New York City for a year. I lived in New York City for 10 years. He lived in New York City for like 20 years. This is where our heart and soul is. Right. So whatever That's you're true. saying about like, I'm sick of this shit. We go on these walks where we can see the, the skyline and mm -hmm. both of us, our hearts melt. NYC is what made me a, a, an adult and you too. Like we both spread our wings in NYC. So you can say everything you right. want and poo poo off. Yeah. It's not the way it used to be. And maybe that sucks a little bit, but that's why it's hard to let go. Right. And yeah, I agree with that 100%. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, I'm like, wow, you know, we could get for this three bedroom house in Maplewood, we could get a freaking mansion in San Diego and, and uh, yeah. not have to worry about getting killed by hurricanes and terrorists and freaking uh, <laughs> pandemics. Yeah. I, yeah. I, might be no, no. <laughs> I got a daily basis. Like, 
Uh, if they've got yeah, seals, do they have seals? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's really nice out there. My my good friend Tommy Rulon lives out in San Diego, and he has like uh, a beautiful like beachfront home, and it's just out of control out there. It's so beautiful. It's a great area. I can deal with that. Is you know that that hat I wear like every day except for today. It's, it says belly up on it. That's San Diego. It's called Solana Beach, um, a little north of San Diego downtown. Um, great, great area. I mean, it's beautiful out there for sure. Yeah, San Diego's right. nice. Everyone thinks I'm from California, so we should do it. Yeah, my mom was born That's, in California. Oh, I didn't know that, Emily. That's pretty yeah. cool. My mom was born uh, there. So you got a connection. Yeah. Well, guys, we had a great time tonight. Um, Stay tuned next week. We're going to have another one. Oh, man, you guys are not going to believe who our guest is. I don't want to say just yet, but it's it's such a big star that uh, it's going to... Uh, you, got, you got it? No, I don't, I don't. I don't know who okay, it is. Yeah. I'm just now, trying We're going to have some great guests. It, no matter what, we're going to have great guests. We, we have a, here, here's the truth, guys. We have a lot of people that uh, uh, want to come on and uh, that we've asked, and uh, some that we haven't asked and they've asked us, but mostly that we ask. And um, we're, we're trying to space it out so every episode isn't like, for example, um, we had Phil Schaus on our first episode from April Gene Simmons Band. Yeah, he's another blabbermouth headline. And, yeah, and um, uh, the rest of the guys, Jeremy and Ryan, and um, I'd like to ask Matt Starr to come on. Christopher, the drummer from Accept, who also played with those guys. We have we have all those guys. I want to get Anthony Esposito on. I love Matt um, Starr. I love Anthony. Oh my yeah, god, we have all those guys are great. Uh, you know, I'd love to get Richie Scarlett on. I'd love to get Chris Wise on. I'd love to get Scott Coogan on. Oh my on. god. Um, so I think we we've got a lot of people that um, we can reach out to, but I I don't want every you know, not just me. We want to, I feel like I'm doing, um, like a politician. Um, I, I want to, uh, you know, every show can't be the kiss band show. You know what I mean? We got to right. branch out a little bit. So trying to space out the kiss stuff. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you had some good suggestions earlier. I will, we'll, we'll have to think about who we can get. I would love to get like a, uh, what about like a Saxon or something? Although the, Biff, he's in the UK, so it's going to be the middle of the night for him. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, figure it out. We'll get some good guests, and we've had some people who actually like just hearing us talk without the uh, without right. the interviews. So yeah. so we will be back. Uh, let's plan on next Friday, John. And uh, thank you for hooking this all up. John oh, is yeah. the producer of this. He's the guy who's <laughs> really. Uh, at least technically, uh, making this all happen. So thank you, John. Mark, Mark's a professional TV producer. I'm just a uh, uh, Facebook Live producer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but. man. Multi-talented. We love you, John. Thank you. We missed you. I, I love can't you wait to have miss you, you over and grill out for you and make you another. Yeah, whenever it's up. safe, I'm I'm there, guys. I mean, I, right. I you know, whenever it's safe, because you got kids and stuff, and I don't want to give anybody COVID. Not that I have <laughs> it, but you never know. <laughs> right. We miss you. We'll COVID. See you so my new song is going to be called It's COVID Time Again. <laughs> you know, it'll always yeah. win. If we can't laugh about it, we're going to yeah, die. I know. So That's, yeah, I, I, for anybody, you know, I know people who've been terribly affected yes. by this. And so I, yeah. I'm not making light of it. I'm just, no. you know, they, they say if that we, even in tragedy, you're supposed to, um, you know, laugh. try to. You have to find a way a to bit. laugh. through. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. by the way, um, we'll leave with this. 
John, you mentioned the band Roy's Baby, which is a band you and I had, and our yes. bassist for part of that time, part of Roy's Baby uh, history was Sean Burns. I did text him today. It sounds like he's doing a lot better. He did come down with COVID-19, was uh, right. sick, and he is feeling better. He's actually allowed to uh, go out of his room. He is in a facility right now. So, uh, and we love you, Sean. And he's able to, yes, we uh, love Sean Burns. And those guys are doing a, a zoom chat with my friend, Tim Zimmerman and, and the, the, the guys, uh, I got a text from Tim and because of my whole computer disaster today, where my laptop had beer spilled on it. Um, <laughs> I, I was consumed with that today. So, um, so I'm sorry I didn't get back to you guys because they're doing a call. And even after we jump off of this, I can't immediately get onto another call because it, it, this has been like a two and a half hour thing. And it takes time for it to what I call render, uh, which is like a TV word. And um, so I can't immediately jump onto something. But one of these days I want to get on a chat, like a Zoom chat with the, uh, all my buddies from Berkeley, uh, including Sean Burns and Tim Zimmerman and everybody else in the band, Dodgy. Kirby, Paula, a lot of good friends. But, yeah. So I'm going to do so that soon. And I'm glad to hear Sean Burns is doing better. Yeah. We love Sean Burns. Well, I'm glad Go to road, connect with you guys. We, we love talking metal. We love our, right. we love you guys so much and hope you're doing well. And we love great. Pearl the dog who we saw. Not Where is Pearl. she? Pearl. Pearl. Where's Pearl? She's like asleep. She's an early uh, uh, to bed. Like she goes to bed early. Yeah. She does. Okay, guys. Keep rocking. Love you, John. And, uh, love you, too. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right, man. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye.